raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. All right, welcome in on this Wednesday. Hanging out in the DriveHuber.com studio. Three hours of Notre Dame Citadel postgame. It starts right now on the fan. Fan.com. It's the wake-up call. That's the voice of Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Mark Dighton producing today's effort. Fellas, big college basketball night last night. Indiana in action. Butler in action. Indiana State. We can dive in to all of that. Boy, the Hoosiers did not look good. KB was in South Bend. I'm sure we'll have some fun with that. A couple suspensions for the Colts. Mark Dighton did say to us, is this a year where the? it seems like the Colts have had more suspensions than any other year? That very well could be the case. We got you for the next three hours here on this Wednesday. KB, a very good morning to you, sir. Yeah, I think at this point we're at one suspension for every Colts win. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that's kind of where we're at here into the month of December. Uh, boy, did the Golden Dome look pretty yesterday. Yeah, and then the game started. I, I did would say think the of order you. of prettiness was the Golden Dome, three-point Jesus, touchdown Jesus, more so for Citadel than the sure. game yesterday. And then uh, Greg Rakestraw when I showed him the combos in Mountain Dew. Oh, he had to be happy. Again, for people that don't know, uh, Greg Rakestraw KB went up to the, went to South Bend for the Notre Dame Citadel game last night. And poor Notre Dame, boy, they're not very good. They lost by what? Was it 18? Well, was it that much? Was that, it 15? Uh, that's putting it lightly that they're not very good. At one point there in the, <clears throat> in the second half, I thought to myself, oh, it's a nice gesture. They're going to let some of the fans play. That's what they're going to do here. A nice Christmas. You know, Notre Dame's always been a very philanthropic university. Sure, that the little Johnny will remember getting yeah. on the court there. There for the rest of his he life. He plays for the Penn Junior Knights or whatever here, and now he's going to get in the game uh, for Notre Dame. Uh, no, they lost by Ooh, 20. Boy, Andy, that's a rebuild. Brother, that's a rebuild. I didn't know it was that much of a that rebuild. That is a rebuild to the nth degree. Uh, Michael Shrewsbury will get Notre Dame to a Final Four. I'm bullish on that, but he... Uh, it's not going to be this year, he obviously. Was, he, he was a little stubborn in this first yeah. season and thinking you know, what he needed from a whatever transfer portal standpoint. Oof. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, last time was honestly a really busy night of hoops around the state. Like you said, uh, Indiana, everybody played early. You know, Rutgers and Indiana, or excuse me, Rutgers, uh, Butler and Indiana both at 630. Uh, Indiana State continues their nice non-conference, and that kind of sets the table for tonight. I am curious, 12 hours from now, what, if any, lineup changes does Rick Carlisle throw our way? He mentioned yesterday after practice, Andy, he wanted to sleep on it. To me, the most obvious one is Aaron Neesmith into the starting lineup. I would assume that comes at the expense of Obi Toppin, but you know, part of me is kind of like, what about Bruce Brown to the bench? Oh, I think there's two or three guys you could put on the bench and you'd be okay with I it. I know Bruce Brown's you know, your $20 million Bruce dollar guy, Brown, yeah, but I, you know, sure. he, he is used to that yeah, sort of role sure. in his NBA career, so we'll keep an eye on that. Again, no LaMelo ball for the Hornets. Uh, boy, it's a scary line for the Pacers. It's Star Wars night tonight. How about that? They're favored by 10. Is it really? Yeah, it's Star Wars night tonight. Well, I wish that could have been the case in South Bend last night. <laughs> you could have dressed up, could have dressed up as a stormtrooper. You and Rakestraw could have put on your stormtrooper stuff. It was a stuff. beautiful ride up. Uh, <laughs> the sun was just glistening off US thirty one. Rake had a story for every exit. Oh, I'm sure he did. Which was just magical. He, I was just he, he knew the principal up. and the AD uh-huh. at some you know at some Without school that's question. five miles away. Yeah. Without, uh, at one point, we got into a rabbit hole in the 1994 NCAA tournament. Uh, we were, uh, you know, I was five, so I wasn't contributing too much <laughs> to that conversation. But Rake had the whole lead eight memorized and the leading score of the tournament. 
uh, I believe a Reeves dude from Arizona for those that care. Uh, so it was uh, it it was a great you know. Maddie asked me when I walked through the door, "Did you have fun?" And I legitimately did right until thirty seven thirty five early second half. They go on a twenty zero run. Thank you to Ryan Owens, Notre Dame assistant, for giving us a tour. Of their practice facility. Oh, good for you. So you did get uh, some uh, behind-the-scenes VIP stuff. Good yeah. for you. Had a cold one in the Morris Inn before uh, heading over to uh, the Joy Center. Saw Jack Swarbrick, who is retiring at the end of the year. Uh, but yeah, that's probably enough for the Notre Dame Citadel talk before we before I want to gouge my eyes out, let alone our <laughs> listeners. Well, we have that, obviously. So uh, Indiana last night, I want to dive into that. And then a bunch of Colts things, like you mentioned with the Pacers. I almost feel like they got to make some sort of move, right? I almost I don't know. Maybe that's just me, you know, you know, sitting up here on the microphone saying, well, you've lost four trade. No, no, no lineup move. Um, But I wanted to just I wanted I have a couple Pacer things. Anthony Richardson speaking yesterday at a charity event. Uh, We got to dive into that as well. I guess let's also start just a couple minutes here on Indiana to lead things off. I feel like KB with IU basketball that I keep saying the same thing. And I think Zach Osterman in the star kind of wrote something about this this morning as well. That like is is this is this basically what Indiana is? And they're, they're just going to be nip and tuck in a lot of these games, and it makes us project forward, even though the Big Ten isn't great this year, that they're just going to be a team that is going to struggle. We know they're going to lose a handful of games, and you hope at home you can win a handful of games. It's one reason why the having, you know, having the double-digit lead against Kansas was such a big deal. But Indiana comes back from 15 last night. We joked about it on the show. You said, what would you do with more head state? I said, I would take the points. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. You were that spot I, on well, there. And I thought they might, you should have taken money line boy, at they, one point. They almost won money line. Uh, and Indiana was just listless last night. It would be something different if it's like, okay, you know, it's a it's a it's a Christmas week game. Uh, the, you know, the students are gone. It's easy to have a sleepy. You know, right before Big Ten play, you can have a little bit of a of a sleepy game. But but this is who Indiana is. Uh, I mean, they are just a middle of the road basketball team. And outside of an Anthony Walker played great. I, I mean, listen, he played a fantastic game. We'll get to some of that. sound Mike Woodson talked about him. But I I just I am very blah with IU basketball. I keep coming. In in here with the same take that I'm blah about IU basketball and that is this it I'm just kind of my hands you know are kind of up in the air I'm like I'm shrugging right now look like for Brian the, yeah for the yeah. for the yes exactly pointing to the sky if you're on the YouTube audience and I just I, I don't know man outside of I like three or four of their players I think they have a couple nice role players but but in the end it, it may be Xavier Johnson can do something with this, but they are a sub uh, 100 team in the net. I need to look up what they, they're 87 right now in the Ken Palm and they are just kind of uh, a, a ho-hum NIT team. It's how they looked last night. And I, I, I don't, I don't know what other, I don't know what other analysis to have. There's the small picture of this year. There's the big picture of your IU basketball. It's year three, yada, yada. I mean, there's that we've done that. I feel like, like seven times already, this season, and it's not even January. They're not even the Big Ten play yet. Well, I guess you, at least you avoided a bad loss, so you'll get a home yeah. game in the NIT, you know, with that <laughs> effort last night. Um, Andy, they have had five games you would label as cupcakes, for lack of a better term, right? You've had the five guarantee games, if you will. Um, think about the five of them. 
We sat here and talked about Florida Gulf Coast without their best player up six on Indiana deep into the second half. We talked about Army picked, what, 350th in college basketball this year, tied with Indiana with yeah. three minutes to go. Uh, we talked about uh, Army's two and nine right now. Again, two and nine this season. Wright State putting up an 80 burger on Indiana in Assembly Hall. Uh, then you go to the Harvard game. Harvard had a lead on Indiana at halftime. And then last night, Moorhead State, who, again, lost to Purdue. Excuse me, go back to Alabama. They lost to Alabama by 32. Alabama's what? Fringe top 20 team? Yeah, they're okay. Purdue, yeah. obviously, the number one team in the land. Lost to them by 30. And Penn State. Uh, did you just see what Michael Shrewsbury's new team did last night? His old team is not very good. And they beat Moorhead State by 23. And here is Indiana down 15 with eight to go. I just The, the thought I had, Rake and I got in the car, uh, pretty much listened to the last, boy, what was it? Probably 15 minutes of the game. And I thought... This is just utterly embarrassing that in year three of the Mike Woodson era for the fifth straight cupcake cupcake game, Don Fisher's got to get the voice inflection going like it's for the Big Ten title. <laughs> right. I mean, what are we doing here? For more head state. I, I, I mean, insert all your sexual in you and you windows here. <laughs> the coach is pretty good. I just don't I don't know what to do. Like I think Indiana I love fans how you just threw in there that their coach is pretty good. Like, I like, like, their coach. like there is a justification <laughs> like for being coach. down fifteen with eight to go to Moorhead State. <laughs> he was like the ball by for John Calipari of the helmet, Indiana University. Like what? What? Especially in a day and age in college basketball, Andy, where there are quick fixes available to you that are like today's National Signing Day for college football. The world of this is. This day doesn't matter as much as it used to right. because of the transfer portal. Right. There is the ability to, oh, wow, Jalen hood Shafino had a really surprising freshman year. He's now going pro. G- good news. You don't have to rely on Gabe Cups and who else in your freshman class. You can portal it to upgrade or bolster or further your depth. However you want to use that portal, and yet you don't have that. And again, it is every single cupcake team that you've played on your schedule. We're not even talking about, you know, whatever happened to Auburn. Right. No, this and, is who Indiana you know, Louisville, is. Louisville, I mean, how right. Louisville would qualify as a cupcake team as well. Uh, and, and I have thought this too about Indiana over the past few years. And this, to be fair to Mike Woodson, this dates back to the Archie Miller era. And this is a very Indiana biased comment. And I mean the state of Indiana, me growing up and having lived in this great state for my entire life. It is beyond dumbfounding to me, Andy, that I watch Indiana University and I think they are one of, if not the most, and I'm talking about the entire world of college basketball, they are one of the worst fundamentally inept shooting teams. Like, basic form of shooting. Maddie Bone can go out to the uh, to the hoop in our backyard <laughs> right now, and she'll make seven or eight free throws. I will bet my mortgage on it. And they were three of 16 last night from three. That's 18%. What were they from the foul line? Uh, 57%. They were 16 of 28, including Malik Renu, who, boy, missed two free throws to make it a three-point game. Now, he did come back, and he did make the you know the game-winning play on Lathan, who had 30 on him last night. I just... I, I, it's pathetic. Do, do it's the foul pathetic. line percentage again. 57% from the free throw line last night. 16 of 28. Indiana University. The state. 49 states. It's just about this is you know shooting this. Shoot, you know everybody can shoot. Oh, you know you're from Indiana. Of course you can shoot. You put you put the hoop up on the right. barn when you're a kid growing up. 
They can't make a free throw. They can't make a three. And they shot 39% last night. They were listless. I I don't know. Maybe I should be more. 20-4 to run. What great resolve. Anthony Walker this. How about Malik Renew's response after missing two free throws to defend on the final possession? No. No. I I can't do any of it. Well, I think that's where people are. With, with with the program, and this is Mike Woodson's got to do better when he builds a team. I, I mean, it's all there is to it. I mean, you, you mentioned it. The fact that Gabe Cups is having to play 30-some-odd minutes, and I know if we had you know an analyst on here, they'd say, well, Xavier Johnson. Yeah, but Xavier Johnson is a fine player. He's one of these guys who's in college forever. Plus, with his injury issues last year, didn't you kind of know that you were going to have to rely on other guys and even with him, you know, we've mentioned Trey Galloway is a nice player, uh, but Trey Galloway should not be playing 38 minutes. No, I mean 38 minutes in a game. He should not be playing that. Gabe Cups should not be playing 32 minutes like he did last night. I, I just, I feel like with them, here's what I feel like with Indiana that's a big problem. They, the, the newness of Mike Woodson taking over is gone. You'd agree with that. The new car smell is gone. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. and, and, okay, so now what are you? Well, you're not a powerhouse. I can sure tell you that. And you're not. You're also not in the rebuilding phase. So, like, Notre Dame's terrible right now. But, KB, you at least have, like, you're an understanding of that. And then you can say, okay, now it's up to Shrewsbury offseason, portal recruiting, development, to, to flip the program, yeah, I'm right? I'm this is yeah. Thad Mata year it, 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 exactly. one. Exactly. Shaka Smart well, and, year and Thad one. Thad Mata, shout out. They beat Georgetown and Ed Cooley last night. It's like one of those things where it's like, okay, your excitement comes from there is going to be a rebuild and a building uh, of a program. Indiana fans don't have that because they're not there. And they also no longer have the new car smell of Mike Woodson. But they're also not a good team. <laughs> Does that make sense? So it's not like the excitement comes from, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna be able to do something in the Big Ten. We're gonna be able to do something in March. So I don't know the avenue of excitement that Indiana fans can have this season. I am searching for it. And I think if you're an IU fan, you're searching how you can get better, like Renew and Mbako and Ware can have good games and it literally can kind of like stop there. And those couple guys aren't going to be enough to win a, a bunch of games. And they should have lost last night. They were very lucky and fortunate they did not lose last night. I, I just, boy, I said this, that the IU fan is going to start getting angry. A loss last night would have accelerated that. I still feel like that's going to happen. I don't, I don't know if they can go 500 in the Big Ten, KB. I don't think they can. Uh, you know, part of my uh, agenda last night after the Notre Dame game was I turned off the signal of 107.5, the fan, um, <laughs> this morning. I, I know we were having some issues with that, the terrestrial 107.5. Mark, if you have any update, feel it's free resolved. to chime in. It uh, is resolved. Yeah, there we go. Wait, well, so now it's quick. back on, so now everyone yeah. can hear Notre Dame Citadel uh-huh. talk after <laughs> yep. that. Uh, a lot of basketball chatter on this Wednesday morning. Thank you for spending it with us. As Andy said, Butler off to a 1-0 start in the Big East. They take care of Georgetown, and, and that's it's kind of as they should, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, but still, nice sign from Butler as they open up their conference slate again tonight. Gordon Hayward, speaking of Butler, in the building. No LaMelo ball. It will be the Pacers against the Hornets. That is their second meeting after Charlotte did beat them earlier this season. 
Nine combined losses for these two teams coming up tonight inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse. And again, some Colts news. Uh, bit of a shame that it is off the field. Seven yeah. suspensions, if I'm counting that correctly, since June. That is an extraordinarily high number for the NFL, particularly for this franchise. Uh, and and I'll be honest with you, and Stephen Holder's going to join us in 45 minutes, and, and you know it's something I'll throw Stephen's way. I mean, 12 years covering this team, I, I cannot recall any in-season suspension, let alone three games, let alone three games at this point of the season. Like this is for those that maybe don't follow the NFL news cycle as you know close as you know certainly I do. This doesn't happen. You do not yeah. see teams suspend multiple players for three games, let alone teams like in the playoff like, race. Well, guys that play, I mean, McKenzie's been returning punts all year, and Tony Brown's played what I believe I saw the stat 71% of the special teams. You know, I had heard a rumor late last week that there was something that ha- some incident that happened between these two. I mean, this has got to be quite the incident. I mean, like, you know, when you see this, it's got to be, in my opinion, something very re- repeated. Mm-hmm. Something almost in the criminal sense, egregious, or yeah, I, I, you, boy. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll see if we can get anything else, uh, any more on that uh, news cycle as well. The Colts back to work today from a walkthrough standpoint. Their first practice of the week coming tomorrow. Stephen Holder, eight o'clock. Bob Kravitz, nine. Thank you for spending this Wednesday morning with us, Kevin Bowen, Andy Sweeney, Mark Dykton on ninety-three five and a working one zero seven five. The fan. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, tons to talk about. Whoa, that's Flemmy. Tons to talk about here on your morning checked out. Let's start where we talked about and what we started, where we started on the show this morning. 69-68, your final last night in Bloomington, Indiana, does survive. They do improve to 8-3, beating Moorhead State. Uh, you look at that halftime, KB, down 11. Here's Mike Woodson postgame on what he said during the halftime break. It wasn't real pretty. I mean, not you know based on how we were playing. I mean, we, we were awful. And you got to give them credit because they competed the first half. And, you know, our fans don't come out to see stuff like that. I was very disappointed. And, um, you know, we got it going, you know, late. And like I said, in that seven-minute mark, that's when we really dug in and did what we needed to do. Anthony Walker, he led the way. 18 points for him. The Hoosiers, uh, though, I mean, it it was a gross game. I mean, there's really no way to say it. Up next for them, North Alabama. That's coming up tomorrow night, Big Ten Network. I said everything I needed to in the opening segment about the Hoosiers. Butler, 74-64 last night over Georgetown, taking care of business there. Nice run in the first half. They were in full control the rest of the way. They've got Providence coming up this weekend. How about Providence last night beating Marquette in their Big East opener? How about Indiana State? Yes, uh, yes they continue. eleven and Tennessee one. State, right? Yeah, ninety yep. sixty nine. They're now eleven and one on the season. Week, Good for them. Week from Saturday, the Spartans of Michigan State. The encyclopedia that is Greg Gregstra. I said to him last night, man, why would Michigan State ever schedule Indiana State? You don't see many Big Ten schools schedule sure. like upper echelon MoVal teams. He goes, well, it could be the forty fifth anniversary of Larry versus Magic. Like, mm-hmm. That's why you're Greg Gregstra. <laughs> that's why I'm Kevin Bowen. Of course. Speaking uh, of basketball tonight, inside of Gamebridge Fieldhouse, the Pacers, uh, this is a 3 a.m. bar game, Andy Sweeney. 3 a.m., college kids had a long week. He's finding, needs to find something. <laughs> slump buster. Just pray. Yeah, uh, anything. Is that the Hornets? Anything. They're the slump busters? You just hope that that is the Hornets. Uh, no Nine and a half. Ball. That's the spread. That Nine and a half. That is a large line. Yeah, it really Pacers is. Tonight. I don't know if I'm touching that one. Nonetheless, they just need a win. 
Uh, we will see if there are any lineup changes on that end for Rick Carlisle. Said he wanted to sleep on it after yesterday's very defensive-focused practice. Did sound like Miles Turner went through practice yesterday after missing Monday, and it sounds like Jalen Smith mm-hmm. has a shot. Maybe not tonight necessarily. Uh, by the way, at Memphis tomorrow night on a back-to-back. Did you see John Morant in his first game back? I did. I did see that. Everyone's like, you know, John Morant. John, John Morant's had family members be like, what What now? Like, no one has ever denigrated John Morant's game. The NBA just wants him to stop posing with guns on Instagram. Like, everyone thinks of John Morant's. Like, everyone's like, oh, what about the, What about John now? Who, who here has thought that John Morant's a bad basketball player? He's a great basketball player. He's one reason the Memphis Grizzlies have been good. He got suspended for being an idiot. They were six and eighteen without him <laughs> last night. Thirty four six and eight had for the John game winner. Morant yeah, and the game winner in New Orleans. So it'll be the Pacers traveling on a back to back. Memphis not on a back to back with Morant's home opener. Needless to say, tonight matters a whole lot. For the it's the extracurriculars that bother people. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's, a, beyond, he, he's a great court. player. People love the, the, the way that he plays. And, and I'll sneak in Trey Shackson yeah, Davis. Go ahead. Really nice night for the Warriors. Did you see the big block he had? Overtime oh, win yeah. against Boston. Again, getting minutes with Draymond Green out. 13-10 and 10 for the center yeah, row you know, of an T- Indiana product. TJD might not be as good right now as Draymond Green and everything else, but uh, he's not a jackass on the floor, so good to see him getting some run, even <laughs> well, though... low bar when you're comparing I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, what are we doing here? Uh, so good for him. I, I feel good for him. Uh, a couple football items. Colt suspensions. We'll keep talking about it. Obviously, Isaiah McKenzie, three games. Tony Brown, three games. Uh, did you make anything of them working out Jarvis Landry yesterday? Does that, does that interest you? He played well, a couple years in Cleveland, I obviously. Miami can, for many years. We can get into that, but that's certainly... You know, slot depth, Josh Downs. I mean, sure. right now with the Isaiah McGenzie news, you know, Josh Downs can't get hurt. I mean, you really don't have any other right. slot and guys. And returning punts. And from a, a return standpoint. So, I believe Kiki Kuti, they also worked out. You know, he yeah. was with this team earlier in the offseason. That is more of a slot role. But, you know, that's stuff I think we can get into on the other side when we get deeper into uh, these. It's looking suspensions. like uh, CJ Stroud's going to be out again. Out again. That win even looking bigger. Uh, so, we'll be talking about that. CJ Stroud with that concussion. And then just a couple other football items to wrap things up. The Tom Allen contract came out about what I thought. Tom Allen, year number one's going to be making 1.5 mil year number two 1.6 year number three there at Penn State as defensive coordinator will make 1.7 and then Tyler Cherry four-star center Grove quarterback committing to IU yesterday was committed to Duke Mike Elko uh, in today's national signing day so if something interesting happens over the next two hours and change we'll make sure we'll tell you I do think this day is certainly lessened in importance or craziness due to the transfer portal for what it's worth Andy from a state standpoint. You had Notre Dame ninth in the team rankings. Uh, I think notable for Ryan Walters and Purdue, they're 32nd. That's got to be one of the higher... That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad for Purdue. They're ahead of Illinois, Maryland, Minnesota, Rutgers, Iowa, and Michigan State. Obviously, some of those teams dealing with coaching changes, but still. Uh, Indiana, as you said, Tyler Cherry, Center Grove kid, a decommitting from Duke to Indiana. Uh, I assume they're, you know, think a little bridge gap quarterback. Indiana 56th with their coaching change here. Uh, All right, on the other side, Isaiah McKenzie, Tony Brown, suspended without pay for the rest of the season. We'll touch more on that. Heard from Anthony Richardson yesterday for the first time in a while, and the Colts are back to work later today. We'll touch on all of that coming up on the other side. It is the way. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Wake up call with KB and Andy. 93.5107.5 The Fan. We'll keep coming back to IU basketball lose uh, winners last night. Feels like they were losers over Moorhead State. Nice night of college basketball last night, uh, locally and nationally as well. Memphis just beating up. By the way, Marquette lost and Memphis just clubbed Virginia by 20. Uh, two games I did not see happening as well. Now, tons of Colts coverage. Stephen Holder going to be joining us from ESPN.com coming up here at 8 o'clock. Let's dive in, uh, not to Stephen Holder, but to the Colts. We had uh, a few different things. We have playoff scenarios. Anthony Richardson yesterday, charity event there at, uh, I believe, Riley Hospital, uh, had a media availability eight weeks away from throwing, had the had the you know the sling off and looked pretty good. And he was playing, what was he playing? Madden or NBA Live with the kids, so some good stuff there. Uh, and then the bad stuff, McKenzie and, um, help me here, uh, Tony, Brown. Tony Brown suspended for three games. What do you make of that? I guess I'm hoping Stephen Holder can give us a little bit more information, but again, usually don't see guys that at least contribute, that play, get suspended as we sit here with three games left heading into Christmas. No, again, I mean, this is a very, very foreign thing. I Really, for the Colts, or certainly even around the league, you know, guys suspended without pay for three games. You know, typically you'll see an, an active, you know, maybe a game, but again, multiple games, let alone three, let alone here for a team in the playoff race, you just don't see. Um, I guess this kind of falls a little bit in the Isaiah Rogers category. And, and I, I don't know what this means, but, you know, people ask me this question. They're like, you know, were you surprised? I'm like, well, yeah, I, I, I think it's definitely a surprise when you see a headline like that. I had heard there was some incident, but again, three games? Like, that is a huge number. Also, you know, if you would have said to me, Andy Sweeney, yesterday, hey, Kevin, tomorrow we're going to get Colts news. Uh, three dudes busted for, you know, something, suspended for three games. Uh, make me a list of five players that would be potential names. I'd probably have these two on it. Yeah. I, I don't know really what that says, but um, I guess that's not the most shocking thing. Any, and again, we'll ask Shane Second today. We'll see. Repeated offense, criminal activity. Um, you know, to me, a, a fight would merit something pretty darn serious to be, again, three games. Um, any concern? Seven players suspended for seven separate incidents. Well, I, I, I guess maybe just six, but uh, any concern over that since the month of June? Since the end of June, seven suspensions for the Colts, uh, two for gambling, one for physical violence. Uh, then that stems from an incident earlier in the year. Uh, two performance-enhancing drugs, and then two to be determined. Well, I, I mean, you look at Grover Stewart. I mean, we wouldn't be surprised, KB, if they brought him back, right? Uh, I mean, so I don't think that has any lasting effect. I, I, You know, when something like yesterday happens, don't immediately... I, I, don't, I think there's a part of the reaction is 
because Tony Brown is a special teams guy, now he has had moments. He's had good moments and bad moments this season. He is a guy that we have talked about on post-game shows and on Monday and everything else. Uh, McKenzie, to me, you know, having Josh Downs back there returning punts, and if you want to bring in a Jarvis Landry, Montgomery had the touchdown catch on Sunday. To me, McKenzie, at least in the offense, I didn't think he was that great of a punt returner. To me, he doesn't move the needle very much, but you asked me the question, is there any worry or is there just something, hey, you know, should you be making this kind of news, this many suspension type news? And I would say with some of them, including McKenzie and Brown, you know, unless we find out exactly what happened, there is a large part, I think, of the Colts fan base that likes it, that says this is Shane Steichen, the sheriff, turning things around. JMV always says jacking around. That's the verbiage that he uses, that there's not going to be any jacking around. And I mean, I don't know. I think there's a segment of the fan base, KB, that feels that way, that, hey, you know, this guy's not going to allow, if you're not going to do things his way, if you're not going to be bought in if you're not going to be pulling in the same direction that you can go sit Uh, with that being said we don't know I I don't know the incident enough to say if that is a Shane Steichen you know disciplining somebody you know um Dion oh help me why am I forgetting everyone's name beginning of the year yeah Dion Jackson on the field was bad he got cut because he was that bad and we said boy that made us feel good okay if you mess up Shane Steichen is going to hold your feet to the fire I don't know if if this is that or if this is something that was so bad that they had to do something that the organization this is not just you know Sheriff Steichen taking over and saying I'm going to give these guys three weeks to think about it so I I I don't know I I for me I don't have a problem if the, the gambling thing Listen, the, the gambling thing, those were guys being knuckleheads. And if you're still being caught on DraftKings as an NFL player, you're a dummy, whether you play for the Bucks, the Giants, the Jets, or the Indianapolis Colts. And the Grover Stewart thing, I think, has been swept away. They love Grover Stewart. He's been a great player for them. I could see him back, you know, for the next couple years with the Colts. Uh, so I have no idea what these knuckleheads did. Yeah, I think each individual one is different, to be fair. Um, and I think there is a degree of, like, I don't know, and probably no one cares about moral compass, but, like, there is, like, a degree of it that changes from some of these events to others. You know, I would say, like, whatever. Domestic violence, to me, is a lot different than gambling. On, Absolutely. You know, There's no doubt about it. In your building right. or something along those lines. I know someone asked me yesterday, hey, remind me again, when Isaiah McKenzie fumbled in Cincinnati, who was it that ran into them? They were thinking, does this stem from that? It was a mere speed. Ran into him, right. 37, not 38, Tony Brown. You know, was this a dice game that turned bad between Isaiah McKenzie and Tony Brown again? Uh, I'm sure the details on that end. Um, I don't really think fans care too much. Now, when you're winning, I think it helps. If this was last year, oh, you sure. seven suspensions and a, what is it, five-month span. Total agreement. And you were the laughing stock of the NFL on the field, then that would add to it. But I do think kind of winning cures all. And I also think there is a, you know, you brought up Sheriff Steichen. I think there is a level of accountability on the field and off the field that fall into two different buckets. And you bring up Deion Jackson or Daryl Baker Jr. Or, again, I think the Shaquille Leonard action, whether they meant it or not, it screamed accountability. They might not have got in a boardroom and said, guys, 
We're going to make this move for accountability. But the fact that you cut a captain, a dude on the side of your building, a dude that makes that much money, it sends an accountability message yeah. indirectly. It sends it to that entire locker room saying, oh, bleep. <laughs> you know, oftentimes high draft picks and guys that make a lot of money, they are protected, particularly in season. Again, you don't see that sort of news. And for anybody that's watched the Eagles these last two weeks, there's clearly a reason why the Colts did that. So um, I don't I don't fret too much over it. I do think it's in a very high number, to be clear. And I said it last segment. I, I cannot recall. I mean, hell, I, I I'd be willing to bet Andy in the previous 11 years I've covered the Colts. I don't know if they've had seven guys total suspended, let alone seven and five months. So right. I like I don't want to totally gloss over it, but I but also we don't want to harp on it either. Yeah, and I it, don't know. It's kind maybe of an odd spot like, to be maybe in. Maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here. No, I, I feel what you're saying because I feel the exact same way you do. Like if you break down each of these, that there's not necessarily maybe a a great reason for each of them, but. I don't think all of a sudden because whatever Isaiah Rogers does this from a gambling standpoint, you know Chris Lamont is in Vegas, Alvin Kamara, and yes, the violent acts that they did is not good. But I don't know if that all of a sudden means the Colts have a different moral compass. Um, I do think at times, as much character is preached, you know they'll still make an offer contract for Kareem Hunt. Sure, and, and so will a lot of teams. Sure, around the NFL, the Colts would have heavily pursued Deshaun Watson if they had the opportunity to do that. There was no moral compass, if you want to care about that stuff, from the organization if, obviously, Watson wasn't in their own division and Houston would have been willing to to do that. Uh, but I think more than anything, uh, when you're winning December 20th, 2023, it doesn't become a big storyline. If this was December 20th, 2022, it would be Frank Reich has lost control of the team, or he had lost control of the team, and here's Jeff Saturday coming to clean things up. The question I would have is, boy, I mean, how much of a loss is this on the field? I I think think it's a good question to bring up. I think what it does is it thins out some depth in a little bit of specialized areas. You know, Josh Downs plays a very slot wideout role along with, of course, helping out as a return man. Think about it yesterday. Or think about Sun or Sunday. Think about Saturday, Andy. When Michael Pittman goes off the field, that does not mean Josh Downs then and, and plays every snap. DJ right. Montgomery is the guy that played. So if Josh Downs were to come off the field, we saw it. What was uh, the Carolina that he left early in that game? Yeah, I think he, he played just a few snaps, if I'm not mistaken. And then yeah. New England, he was in that very specific kind of third down role. I, Isaiah McKenzie, of course, was the one that filled in. So you know, it means that Josh Downs needs to stay healthy. And then on the Tony Brown side of it, he is one of your core special teamers. This team has had special team issues. Hell, they had special teams issues on Saturday without Tony Brown in the lineup. Um, He also is your backup to Kenny Moore. And I don't think there are a lot of corners on this roster that you would label as slot nickel backup. So if you want to look at the ramifications on the field, it's nothing from a starting depth chart going into Sunday. But it is one of those things where... You need Downs to be healthy. You need Kenny Moore to be healthy because these two you would label as their two backups. I will say one more thing to kind of add on this end. They both were inactive on Saturday. They both still got paid for that. Now it's suspended without pay. Without pay, yeah. So 
if you look into that, did they find more evidence? Did they find? I mean, they could have cut these guys whenever Friday, Saturday morning. They could have chosen to do that. It could have been four games without pay or suspended them. I guess before kickoff happened on Saturday, they chose not to. So something different has changed. I guess in the last seventy-two hours, to where we'll pay them on Saturday. Now we're not paying them. Yeah, McKenzie wasn't back there for the punts, and immediately my eyebrows raised because <laughs> because you think, well, the fumble in Cincinnati really wasn't his fault, right? I mean, he got ran into. That was the first thing I thought of. I was like, well, that that surely wouldn't be you know the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will. That that wouldn't be it. And by looking at the two, I guess I am more of a Tony Brown is missed more than Isaiah McKenzie. But what it does do. And listen, I can understand why some fans would be nervous about this. What it does do is, you know, Josh Downs, not only can he not get injured, but, you know, now he's now he's returning punts, which I think is a good thing. But I know there's several people that are like, well, you know, your starting wide receiver should not be returning punts. I remember when the Giants had Odell Beckham back there a few times. It's like, ah, do you want to throw someone back there as a starter? Like, to me, I liked Josh Towns I thought he returning punts. I thought he was good. Well, first off, I think he's a lot more reliable or just <laughs> there's less uneasiness, I think, when he is back there. It's the best way to say it. Than when Isaiah McKenzie is. And I thought he had a couple of nice plays, honestly. Yeah, I, if you want to look for a special team's bright spot from Saturday, Downs a couple of decent returns would fall. Yeah, McKenzie to me doesn't move the needle. I I just think since Tony Brown has had moments on special teams, plays seventy one percent. You know, McKenzie was playing over seventy percent of the offensive snaps. It would be a much bigger loss, right? right, right? right. I mean, we would have that conversation. uh, And Tony Brown is doing that as well. They did uh, Tyler Goodson, who we obviously saw had a nice day on the ground. He did get called up from the practice squad, so he takes up one of these two open roster spots. They still have one more open. So we'll continue to watch that throughout the week. Uh, But the reasoning for the Goodson uh, promotion, obviously, he matters. Uh, The NFL rule a couple of years ago, uh, they made an adjustment to the practice squad. You can call guys up from the practice squad, I think it's three times during the course of a season. And then once, if you want to do it a fourth time, you've got to then bring them up to the 53-man roster. You can't have unlimited call-ups. Right. So three times for a player. Each season, we saw it with DJ Montgomery. He got called up officially to the 53-man roster just before that game against Pittsburgh uh, because, again, you know he had used up his three. So that's a little bit of just kind of roster mechanics for those that care on that. And Colts walk through today. Um, Shane Steichen meets the media later later today. Anything specific, Shane? I mean, again, don't hold your breath. But anything specific you would want to ask him in relation to this news? Well, yeah, I think it would be with what you're saying uh, is what's going on. Seven suspensions. uh, What happened? You're just not going to get anything from him on this incident, right? You're just not going to get anything. Violation of team rules. uh, It's a move we felt like you had to make. Is there a legal matter? I think that I think I think all these are good questions. I think you're going to get very short answers on every <laughs> on everything that you're getting. No. I think okay. I think that's what you're probably going to get. Uh, Anthony Richardson yesterday, good seeing him. Did you make what did you make of <laughs> of anything him saying? Eight weeks away from throwing, uh, he's mentally dialed in. Jim Bob Cooter as well uh, speaking on you know hey he's really learning the game. 
to me, that doesn't do too much. I'm still bummed that he's out. There'll always be, you know, the thing about it, KB, and I don't know, I was going to ask you this, and maybe we can ask Stephen Holder coming up in nine minutes and, and we can dive into it. I always wonder, you know, they've had... Usually we ask this question when a season goes wrong. Like if if right now the Colts had four wins, right? Uh, And they were doing about what I thought they were going to do. I picked them to win five games in the preseason that – you know, we'd say, well, what if, right? Well, what if Anthony Richardson got injured? What if he were healthy and he played in all these games and everything else? Uh, is it fair to even ask that like this year? Like what would this team be with Anthony Richardson playing games this year? And I say that knowing that that they're a good team and they're right on the precipice of making the playoffs. Like would they, would they you know, would they be the same team? Would they be even know, more dynamic? Would they, so, have, uh, would they have a few more wins right, because, on the ledger? Or would they not? Would they be a worse team? Like, we have no idea, but he's about eight weeks from throwing a football, it looks like. You know, the conversation on August 20th, I think, or at least the popular narrative was, if Minshew plays, they might win more games. Yeah. Versus yeah. the rookie growing pains that you have. You know, Tennessee, if you play Tannehill, you might win more. But if you play Levis, you obviously grow the young guy. But then, and then that changed. And then you watch yeah. Richardson play and you're like, wait a minute, yeah. that's not the case. And you had a bad month there. You know, Minshew, we were talking about Sam Ellinger in here on a couple different shows. Right. And, you know, I guess hearing Richardson's comments yesterday, there was a lot of 21-year-old, I feel like, coming out of him being like, you know, I'm ahead of schedule. And they say I'm ahead <laughs> of schedule. And Everyone's wanna, ahead of schedule. I want to beat that timeline of, you know, me me returning to throw, which, you know, what was it, 16 weeks post-surgery? Yeah. So I think that would push him kind of like middle February. Yeah, he's about halfway through. And I hear those comments, and I smile, because that's just how Anthony Richardson is wired. But then I'm also like, dude, do not push it. Do not be a hero. There, If you throw on January 28th, no one cares. No one cares. No, like, Nobody no cares. one cares. And just be healthy. You know, like, do not rush it. Take your time. You elected to have surgery for a reason. Because you were thinking long term, two weeks in the month of or in the year of 2024, two weeks early. Congrats! But we no. sound like Jets fans right no, now. Yeah. That's what we sound like I, with Aaron Rodgers. I, I honestly sound like a concerned parent. <laughs> yeah, you do. Maybe more than anything. Yeah, you do. But I'm like, and by the way, yeah. Well, I'm not going to get any any rosy. Oh boy, care. I was I was going to have some choice words for another. Oh uh, boy. Parent. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> Save it for the Just 9 o'clock hour. get to the mid, mid, midway of uh, of April. Get to the off-season program. You know, I asked Shane Steichen back when the Richardson surgery happened. I go, you know, is the expectation he'll be ready for the off-season program? Because that's all I really care about. And Shane said yes. And so, okay, if you look at the off-season program, Andy, typically that happens in mid-April for teams. The first two weeks are kind of strength and conditioning, you know, rehab stuff, those things. So really kind of... Early to mid-May is when you get on the field to throw. So if you look at the 16-week time frame, okay, that would be mid-February. Then he's got two full months to ramp it up and get ready for OTAs. Totally good with it. You know, (laughs) no need to push. No need to be. I get he's antsy. He's probably beyond frustrated that he's going through this. I think he mentioned yesterday that he Initially, did not want to have surgery. Sure, you know, he he, he want, and I sure. totally understand that. That's the competitor. That's the twenty-one year old. That's the you know guy that's extremely urgent to want to probably prove to people I'm not this off injured QB or injury prone or et cetera, et cetera. But let's just pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. It is a long career. It is a very fruitful career. Uh, no need to get out there in an indoor facility in late January 
and need to wow people. They went caroling. Uh, I was wondering if uh, Anthony... Uh, I've been if to that event before. Well, I wonder if his brother was there. His brother with his beautiful baritone voice. That's a great should've point. Been, he should have been the lead Westfield out there. Westfield School's still yeah. in session right and, now? Yeah, we'll get him out of school. Take him out, give him a half day. Come on, what are we doing in school anyway? We're watching Elf. I feel like it's kind of been a quarterback thing for Colts quarterbacks to uh, to go to that event. And I recall Andrew Luck and Anthony Costanzo. Talk about a great duet. Uh, they were outstanding oh, uh, man. for the children at Riley Hospital. In all seriousness, an unbelievable event that the Colts do and their support here locally. Uh, greatly, greatly appreciated on that end. Stephen Holder joins us next. A lot to throw his way on and off. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The field. Hi, this is Mark Chester from Marshall Mechanical. On behalf of Eric Marshall and our whole team at Marshall Mechanical, we would like to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. If you have a home heating emergency during the holidays, please feel free to give us a call at 317-738-5940 or find us online at callthemarshallnow.com. Marshall Mechanical is your trusted local independent American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning dealer. Sip, savor, and win. Toast to making this holiday season a success with Con's Fine Wines. Head to the fan contest page and enter for your chance to win a $50 gift card from Con's Fine Wines. Details at 1075thefan.com. From the drivehubler.com studios, this is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. WIBC HD2 HD3 Indianapolis. Coming up Wednesday on Query and Company, Colt Safety Nick Cross joins us, plus the new IU head football coach, Kurt Signetti, stops by. Fun begins at noon until 3. Come be a part of the company on The Fan. With KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. I said this yesterday, except for uh, us here on radio. Boy, it feels like nothing's getting accomplished at work, and I really feel like that picks up today. (laughs) I really feel like that picks up today uh, on a Wednesday. Reminder, you can listen anywhere, 1075thefan.com. Stream us live, take us anywhere, download the free app, get the podcast, listen anywhere. Again, 1075thefan.com. Bob Kravitz going to be joining us top of the 9 o'clock hour, but you know it's a Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Stephen Holder from ESPN.com joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Stephen, happy holidays. Good morning. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. Um, I, I get it. I'm trying to work as little as possible, too. So, well, all good. Okay, so on Monday... Colts aren't doing a great job of that so, for you, Stephen. So, Stephen, I haven't uh, even... Stephen, I haven't... I am failing. No, they ha- <laughs> yeah, they're giving you something to write about and talk about. You guys will find this funny. Uh, me and Mark were in here on Monday, and you know, so I'm new to the company, and I just saw the company calendar that we had Friday off. So I thought we had Friday off, and I found out on Monday we don't have Friday off. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, it's exactly. a bummer. Like, it's, like, it's like with my job. Like, holidays don't mean anything. No. So. <laughs> 
No, they don't. No, no they one year, really I don't. Remember, 20, like 15 or 16, Steve, and the Colts played on Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year. Oh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's quite the, that's uh, brutal. Uh, well, Stephen, let's start here again. Uh, Stephen with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Um, is there any info you can give us? Uh, what's your opinion, I guess? Uh, let's start with the suspensions. Isaiah McKenzie, Tony Brown, three games. I mean, obviously, it was serious enough. The timing here, Tony Brown was playing a lot of special teams, and McKenzie was at least a little bit a part of the offense, punt returns, and everything else. What other information, if any, can you give us? Yeah, I mean, first of all, those those are important roles. So, I mean, we kind of just – it's easy to dismiss these as backups. But those are important roles. I mean, Tony Brown's role as a gunner on special teams, I mean, that's critical. And then McKenzie, I, I know that he had had some ups and downs as a return man, and that's fine. I get it. Uh, maybe Josh Downs is better at it. But Josh Downs is also really important to the offense. So that that's a sacrifice to have to put him back there as a, as a return man. So, anyway – Let's establish that first. The other thing is, in terms of what happened, I don't have the specifics. And I I don't want to speculate too much. I will say that everything that's been told to me is that this is as as egregious as it sounds. Let's put it that way. In other words, what I mean is this is very much uh, unprecedented, at least in my time, covering the Colts. Teams don't suspend their own players for three games. That doesn't happen unless it's something extreme. And it's obviously not something of a legal nature because we would hear about that, you would think. Um, also, that falls under the, the personal conduct policy. The league tends to handle those generally. Uh, so I, I don't believe it's something of that nature. Um, it, I, have heard, I have heard rumors, but I, I don't want to get on the radio and talk about hearsay. But... But what I heard was was pretty egregious, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. And, and what I would say, what I would add, finally, is that there are rumors on the internet. I haven't seen anything that's remotely uh, true from what I have been told. But but I'll refrain from going any further just because that's irresponsible. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah, Stevens wording in his latest, um, he said that a source told ESPN the nature of the violations rose to a level where severe punishment was warranted. Um, I guess a couple more, Stephen, on this front, and appreciate anything you can provide. Repeated offense for either or both parties involved? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Now, now, not now, not to my knowledge, at least. Uh, so, now, no, I, not to my knowledge. Just put it that way. I, I, I but I can't rule that out because I don't know. Do you believe this is an incident that involved the two of them together? I, I, I assume that's a yes. Yeah, they're, they're definitely yeah. They're they're the, the same the same action or offense. Put it that way. Yeah, and, yeah. And they're, I, they're related. It's not a. It, what I heard was not a fight. By the way, to be clear, because I know a lot of people have speculated that. I have not heard that. I I did hear some specific things. That was not what I heard. So I'll leave it at that. And I guess the last one um, in relation to this seven suspensions since the end of June for the Colts. I I would venture to guess you and I pretty much covered the team throughout the same sort of time frame, that 10 to 12 year range. I don't know if they've had seven suspensions in the rest of the years added up together, let alone seven in a five month span. Um, A story, a non-story, seven's a big number. It is. I, I I struggle with how to kind of square all of it. I agree. We have to talk about it because that's a big number. And 
and it is disconcerting. I think the nature of the suspensions were were very much they ran the spectrum. So some of it was within the team's control, or I shouldn't even say their control. Some of it was were, were actions the team maybe had some influence over um, happening, you know, sort of under their nose, if you will. But then you talk about things like PED suspensions, you know, for, for banned substances, you know, that's on the player, you know what I'm saying? More so than anything. But I, but I don't disagree that look, I mean, if anything else, what they have to be doing is they have to be, I I think really drilling down on this and, and kind of imparting on these guys. Like we can't tolerate this stuff because ultimately here's the problem. Regardless of the reason you get suspended, regardless, the one thing that is, that is always true is you're hurting your team. You're not available and you are hurting your team. And so nothing else really matters. Why you got suspended, how it happened, should it have happened, none of that matters all that much. The bottom line is you're not there for your team, and, and that's the consequence of your actions. I lied one more on this front. <laughs> what, what, if anything, Stephen, do you think has changed since Saturday afternoon? Like, they were healthy and active. Yeah. Um, that is notable, but now they've been suspended for three games without pay. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you've gone from, you know, go to your corner to you're in the state penitentiary. Like, I mean, that that is a yeah. big, big difference. So more evidence, more detail. I I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of grasping at straws of, of what has changed in that, you know, whatever, 72-hour window. It's a good question and and the right question. I don't know the answer. Uh, I I think it's possible, okay, possible that they were just kind of working through uh, the decision, you know, that it may just be that simple, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know that for a fact. I really don't. Um, but clearly whatever happened presumably happened before, um, before Saturday's game, it, they may have been still getting to the bottom of things I, that it may be just that simple, but I, I, I really don't know, but a good question. Stephen Holder with us from ESPN joins us here on this Wednesday on the Fan on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, I, I always go backwards before we go forwards to the game against Atlanta on Sunday. Let's go back to Saturday, down 13 nothing. Did you think the Colts were going to rattle off 30 straight points? And then to add on top of it, the DeMonte uh, Kazee suspension. Um, what did you make of Mike Mitchell, the uh, coach there on the Colts, saying, I don't know what to tell my my, my safeties anymore because uh, he gets suspended obviously uh, Mike Mitchell talking while Pittman you know Pittman's obviously a huge uh, deal to this Colts team what did you make of any of that and what did you make of the game on Saturday well I I thought that <laughs> I, I thought that when they went down 13 nothing, I'm thinking okay well given what I had seen in Cincinnati the week before I'm thinking okay here we go again uh, that they can't get off the snide I'm thinking that, that this is maybe a trend and this is a continuation of the previous week. Well, I was wrong, and I'm, and I'm very happy to be wrong. I mean, it, it was actually a pretty impressive performance that they, they put on there in, uh, on Saturday at Lucas Oil. So credit to them for that because that, that's the Colts team that we saw during the four-game win streak, you know, the team that, that didn't back down, the team that, that wasn't phased by – by anything that happened within a game. And that's part of the reason they are where they are. I mean, I think about games like 
like the Baltimore game. You know, I know that that feels like seven years ago, but <laughs> I mean, it's still a really impressive win. I mean, they were they were about to go down fourteen nothing in that game, and then I think it was Juju Brents makes yep, a play and gets it was. a turnover, right? Yep. And so my point is, they have they have always responded, or they have very often responded well this year, and and shown that you know when when they're in these adverse situations uh, that they're not phased by it. And I tell you that I think is really a reflection of Shane Steichen and his staff. They they've done a good job because. They really don't have any right to have that kind of confidence. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, they've had a lot of injuries. The quarterback's out for the season. You know, they had a three-game losing streak. Why, what, why on earth would that team have this, you know, sort of just uh, unexplainable confidence, right? And, and so I think it's because it's been instilled in them, and they, they have a competitive guys, and then and and Shane Steichen has tapped into that. So to his credit, uh, you mentioned Mike Mitchell. So. <laughs> I would not have tweeted that uh, if I were Mike Mitchell personally, uh, but you know he's a grown man. I like Mike a lot. I think what you're seeing here is a product of Mike playing in a different generation. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago. Sure, no, but, it wasn't. But it was a long time ago in terms of today's rules and and how the rules are legislated now. Uh, if he if he played right now. He would struggle. There's no doubt about it. Because Mike Mitchell was a guy who was out there headhunting. Okay, you know he, he's from the Ryan Clark school. Okay, if you if you've been listening to Ryan Clark's commentary about some of this stuff on you know my coworker at ESPN, you know where he stands on this, right? And you know how he played. Well, I mean, they're they are two. They they come from the same sort of cloth, cut from the same cloth. So I get it. I'm not surprised. I guess that he would feel that way. But it is what it is, and and I, I understand the frustration on the one hand, but I also don't ever like seeing a player laying on the ground, you know, unable to to collect himself the way Michael Pittman was. Uh, Stephen Holder's with us from ESPN. Stephen, uh, one additional one on on that front. Um, how much of the s- suspension for Casey for the rest of the year do you think is due to a repeat offender? Quite often, frankly, uh, versus like. If Julian Blackman has that hit on Drake London Sunday, do you think the same punishment is there? No, it, it's it's 100% because he's a repeat offender. I mean, they spelled it out in the, the release that the league sent out. I mean, you get a, a memo as a player. When you get fined, you're, you and your team get a memo laying out the reasons that that it has that it has happened, you know, why they've reached that decision. And they emphasize, I read it, I mean, they emphasize very clearly – that this was a product of his his past actions. You've been warned, you've been fined, et cetera, and this is an, about an accumulation of actions. And and I think we've seen this already. And when when there have been there have been a couple of these recent suspensions for uh, for these reasons. And and for the most part, that has been cited as the reason. You know when I you know that being an accumulation of of previous offenses. So that's what this is about. No doubt about it in my mind. And Stephen Holder's with us from ESPN. Colts back to work today. Walk through today. Practices Thursday and Friday. Um, any indication? Jonathan Taylor, Zach Moss, Michael Pittman's in the concussion protocol. You just gotta l- l- let that play out. Um, obviously it seems like um, he's in pretty good spirits. But anything Moss and Taylor related for this week? So there's, there's a sentiment on Moss that that he's going to try to go, I think, 
I don't know that he'll practice today. I guess we'll see. But I did talk to him after the game. His his issue, he told me, was, and I don't know what the injury was. I can't speak to that. Uh, but but he said that he was having trouble uh, gripping the football. I mean, his arm was kind of weak. That says to me something along the lines of pinched nerve, uh, stinger type of deal. I, I don't know. Schefter um, said just, shoulder, right? He did, and and that's why that's why I say that too because it was indicated to him as a shoulder. I mean, then when you put that together with with Moss saying that he was having trouble with strength in the arm, you know that could be sort of a nerve type issue. I mean, I've had that going on for like six months now because of my, you know, my. I, as you know, I have this great reputation for being you know, a warrior in the gym. Right. So, you know, I, yeah. uh-huh. I get after it yeah. You're in the hard, Lawrence you know? Ring of Honor for that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyhow, but but in all seriousness, you know, my my sad uh, efforts in the gym have led me to have this issue. And I and it does. It results in my, my left arm gets a little weak when I aggravate it. So, um, that could be a very simple explanation. I'm not trying to diagnose it. I'm just... I'm just you know throwing out a possibility based on what he told us. So hopefully that's a good hopefully that's good news. Um, Taylor, it's just it's impossible to know. I think with Taylor, they're not going to know until he practices. They're just not. I mean, they have to see how he how he controls the football and and how he protects the football. I, I really think that's going to be the telltale. And so until he gets out there, I, even if he's able to practice. I mean, don't you think that's that's a big part of the equation? At least for me, it is. You know, right. so I I just think with that one, it's just hard to to project because you you can't project it. He has to demonstrate it for them. Workout warrior and Colts insider Stephen Holder joining us here on this Wednesday. If you don't video yourself working out, Stephen, are you really even working out? I don't know. That's a, that's a question for a different time. Uh, looking at the game on Sunday against Atlanta, Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke, which one do you think the Colts want to face? And obviously it's looking like uh, Taylor Heineke going to get the nod there on Sunday. Yeah, it, it's, it is going that way. Apparently that's the decision that has been made. I think the thing about Desmond Ritter that I would say that the Colts probably wouldn't mind is that he is going to give you an opportunity uh, to turn the ball over. And for the Colts, I mean, that's that's been a, a very successful effort for them this year. You know, they have forced quite a few turnovers. And and, and that has, I think, had a big, a big impact on their success this year. I, we probably haven't talked enough about it. I mean, they're, it's funny, their defensive numbers, a lot of them – are a little bit sort of average to even below average to some degree, but they've rushed the passer and they've forced turnovers. And those two things, I, I think, can make up for a lot of other maybe underwhelming uh, efforts on defense. And so that's how they've done it to, to some degree. Anyway, Ritter is going to give you the chance to do that. He's got 10 interceptions. I, I believe he has... I forget the number, but he's, he has numerous fumbles this year. And the Colts have gotten their share, you know, sack fumbles and, and such on quarterbacks. So we'll see what happens with Heineke. I mean, he he's had an interesting career. Uh, he's had moments when it's felt like, man, you know, maybe this guy could be a long-term starting quarterback. And then there have been other moments when it's like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> I, I forget what I said. So, <laughs> But I think that's what happens. I mean, when you're that – when you're in that sort of range um, in terms of results, 
you know, this is what you are. I, frankly, it reminds me a, a little bit of Gardner Minshew's career to a lesser degree. You know, a guy who is right on the fringe but hasn't ever really proven or hasn't proven at least recently that he can be that guy consistently. So we'll see. I mean, the, the Colts have – I think he kind of fits into the same type of quarterback the Colts have faced a lot this year, frankly. Steven Holder, ESPN, busy, busy man this time of year. Thank you to the Colts for that. Steven, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and as always, man, we can't thank you enough for these Wednesday uh, chats with us. All right, hey guys, no problem. I will, uh, let's uh, just say a prayer for me that I make that Sunday night flight uh, from Atlanta and get back home. Ooh, okay, walk us through that. One o'clock kick, flight time is what? I should be fine. I think it's like 9.45. So now, I will say the Atlanta airport has legendary holiday lines. So hopefully everybody's gone by then, though. I don't need any Home Alone moments in the airport. No. Yeah. And Atlanta has legendary traffic. Hartsfield behave on Sunday night and no overtime as well. Amen. Amen. Steven, thank you, man. (laughs) Safe travels. See you guys. Steven Holder right there on the Payless Liquors hotline. Uh, Looking at that number, five fumbles this season by Desmond Ritter. Two of those lost. He has seven in a year and a half fumbles, does Desmond Ritter. Six red zone turnovers. And again, he's been benched for those that missed the news. It'll be Taylor Heineke here uh, in week 16. I think this maybe applies more to Atlanta's defense, but I think some of it could apply to Atlanta's offense as well. Are they the most unknown roster in the entire NFL? Oh, I love these discussions. Are the Atlanta Falcons the like most unknown up, roster? Like if we huh. called our listening audience, if we did a pop right? quiz and said, name us three Falcons. Boy, I tell you, after a couple guys got injured from the Patriots, it became random, but I still think people could at least... I still think people could name them. Commanders up there, boy. The Commanders are not a bad one, but McLaurin, you know Robinson, boy, Cardinals. I mean, Brian Robinson, Brooks Robinson, Brian Robinson. Like, is that Mrs. Robinson? (laughs) I'm trying to think. Uh, Isn't there a Robinson on the Falcons? Bijan, right? I mean, like, I mean, he and Pitts, but like, you have to be a, you know, you pay attention to the draft, you pay attention to college football, like. Does Carolina fit that mold outside of Bryce Young and Adam Thielen? Uh, that's probably a fair, yeah. I mean, they, and they're yeah. one of the worst right. teams, but people don't know. Like, I couldn't name you three defenders on Carolina's team other than Burns, right? I mean, how many of those guys can you name? I, I would say that's probably – I tell you a team that is sneaky in this conversation. Mark, go ahead and get your computer ready over mm-hmm. there. The Green Bay Packers. Oh. just I mean, I can, name, I, I can name more of that, but yeah. I mean, they're going into what? the season though. No one knew who the wide receivers were. You know, I mean, you know, Aaron like Jones Aaron was Jones injured, and Christian Watson. I don't know. At, those were probably two of them. Yeah, I say the Arizona Cardinals before Kyler Murray came back. Where like, you're, who the hell's starting? Right, Who's on this right, team? Yeah, it's right. a good one. Yeah, I mean, the Falcons, in, in my opinion, certainly applies to that. Again, the Colts a slight favorite in this one, favored by two. If you look at the Falcons, they have won two games, Andy, uh, since the start of November. Those two wins are the Saints and the Jets. If you look at the losses they've had in that stretch, they lost by five to the Titans, three to the Vikings, two to the Cardinals, four to the Bucks, two to the Panthers. They have played bad, maybe mediocre football teams in this stretch. They've only won two of them, but all the other ones are like very close games. Oh, so yeah. I, I, you know, if those are curious, hey, why is the line, you know, two? And I don't know, maybe some fans are like, well, no, that makes total sense to me. Uh, Atlanta has been competitive, 
they just haven't been winning. And that's probably a huge reason why Ritter's being benched. Oh, no. I mean, mean, he had a moment on Sunday against Carolina to convert in the red zone and ice the game. Yeah, and win the game. And he threw a pick. I mean, no, if you told me, and Vegas is looking at it this way, if you told me this was a 24-23 game, who would be surprised? That's the kind of those are the kinds of games that Atlanta plays all the time. Now, you know they think they're cursed. You know, Atlanta, Falcons fans. Atlanta has the kicker, and I'm always nervous to say his name. Oh boy, the spelling of it, the yeah. phonetic spelling, I don't love. Yeah, you, you know want, what I'm talking about. Yeah, Young Hu Ku. Yeah, but doesn't it look a little different than that? A little bit. It it, it looks first Young Ho Ku. That's yeah, what it looks like. First glance, I see Young Ho. Which I, I guess you could kind of transition into Santa with that. I don't know. Maybe if I'm grasping at straws. Yesterday I tried to transition from a rust into McKenzie and Baco driving yeah, you, to the basket. You really did. He's scoring double figures in his mm-hmm. fifth or sixth game in a row. Yeah, I, I don't know how you're going to transition from young ho to whatever you're going to do. And leave Santa out of this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Santa doesn't want to be a part of whatever discussion you're thinking funny. about in your brain. But yeah, speaking of brain, there, by the way, there's no more magical brain than that of Greg Rakestraw. You should have heard the man, the stuff he was pulling out yesterday on the on the drive up and drive back. But well, you should have GoPro'd it. I know, right? You should have had a stream going. He could have just been. We're going to make it an annual thing. We just got to oh, make you sure. Need to, yeah. Citadel is not the opponent. Well, do you want a better opponent? You want Division Three? What are you looking <laughs> yeah, for? You want an NAIA school? Well, who do you want to exactly <laughs> face them? The Holy Cross across the street. Do they have a basketball? What was team? the one that's in the woods? What we were talking about yesterday? St. Mary of the Woods. Yeah, yeah. get that one. So more Saint Mary State of the Woods couldn't close out Indiana. We'll see if they can close out Alice Lloyd. Alice up Lloyd tomorrow for Morehead State. Uh, this Atlanta game, I don't know. Something I was going to bring up maybe tomorrow. I, I kind of feel like I'm taking this game for granted with the Colts, and I should not do that. Just a little bit. Now, uh, thank you to Matt Taylor for this. Young Waiku. Yeah. That, okay. If anyone that, would know, it would have to be him. That's the roster. Matt better call him Young Ho and, and try to get it into Santa. <laughs> Alpha of that. He's got, it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> that's how our is challenge. He, how is he Young Way? There's no W-A-Y. That's our challenge for Matt Taylor coming up when he joins us on Friday morning. Uh, we'll get back into a little Indiana conversation. Uh, we kind of open up the show with that. We'll make sure to do that here coming up. Bob Kravitz joins us at 9. Andy Sweeney, lead us off on a morning check. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Yeah, Indiana winners. It was ugly. 69-68 your final. They do move to 8-3 on the season. One reason, Anthony Walker, 18 points, 9 rebounds, couple assists in 23 minutes. Here's Mike Woodson postgame on his bench star. Phenomenal. He deserves the MVP tonight. I mean, he played 22 minutes, had 18 points, 9 rebounds. By far his best game since he's been wearing an Indiana uniform. And we needed every bit of it to win this game tonight. So... You know, he gets the game ball based on what he what he did tonight. But, you know, again, I'm not taking anything away from Warrior. They played a great game, and uh, I'm just pleased that we didn't quit. I could easily throw in the towel and said, hey, we'll, we'll get ready for the next game. But we didn't do that. We kept fighting and was able to get the win. The next game is North Alabama <laughs> tomorrow, 8.30 tip for the Hoosiers before they break for Christmas. Uh, at Hinkle last night, Butler, nice win. To open up the Big East slate. Uh, late first half run against Georgetown. They were in full control, really, the entire second half. I think at the end of the year, we'll look at this game and think, you know, this is a game that they needed. You know, just a home game against one of the bottom feeders of the Big East. But no guarantee with how they played last season. So, uh, Butler opens up Big East play 
one and oh. One more note on Indiana. Trace Jackson Davis, really nice game last night for the Warriors, thirteen and ten. Again, getting quality minutes with Draymond Green suspended. They beat Boston in OT. Uh, all right, over Gamebridge Fieldhouse tonight, uh, nine and a half. That is the spread for the Pacers. That's a big number. They're favored by nine and a half. Again, no LaMelo ball for the Hornets. You think back to this first meeting, Andy, that was Tyrese Halliburton career game until the final possession. Uh, he was outstanding in that one and then got stripped by LaMelo ball on the final play of the game. That was kind of the start, I think, of the Pacers having these unforeseen losses mm-hmm. or playing to competition. It was, it was a weekend game, so no one talked about it, it for a, a couple days. It was a back-to-back, too, so yeah, there's a, a back little bit. back then the Colts played, so the game honestly got lost in the shuffle a little bit. Like, we never broke it down like we did the other night when they lost. My thought on this one tonight is how I felt going into the Wizards game on Friday, but even more. Like, there's even more on the line because tomorrow night you go to Memphis. Memphis does not play tonight, so they don't have the back-to-back. They don't travel, and John Morant looked like John Morant right. in his first They're game They're a totally different night. team with him playing. So you're going to face that tomorrow night. I now, mean, they got to win this game tonight. they like got to look good doing but this so. Is like, this is the must-win on December 20th, <laughs> is it not? I don't know if it's a must-win. I know they do have an 80.1% chance on the ESPN matchup predictor. Uh, here's, what I, here's the way I categorize this game. If we came in here tomorrow and they lost 132 to 110 to the Hornets. Can you, I mean, then it would be, I'd be in full panic mode with the Pacers. And you would be right being in full panic mode, even though it's December. How about this stat out there? Caitlin Cooper does an incredible job covering basketball, NBA in general, but especially the Pacers. She mentioned this yesterday on Twitter. The Pacers are giving up 121.4 points per 100 possessions. Okay. If that holds for the rest of the season, It'd be the worst mark in the history of the NBA in the last 28 years. Yeah, my question would be, what's going to get it to not hold with what we have seen through 25 games-ish? And by the way, the only reason right? that goes back 28 years is that's the first time the data started. Yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to hard to say that, yeah, the Pacers are going to beat the Hornets. They've lost to so many lowly teams already that I feel like no game is a, is a I layoff. Yeah, I, I don't I, feel I, that I'm way. Tr- I'm trying to... Th- Think and sit here. Okay, why does Vegas say nine and a half? I mean, Vegas isn't dumb. These teams have combined lost nine straight. I do think the LaMelo ball out, the Pacers seemingly getting a little bit healthy. Miles Turner did practice yesterday. Um, Also, no Mark Williams, no Cody Martin. So, a couple of other injuries for the Hornets. Boy, um, yeah, slump buster 3 a.m. You need something at the bar right now. The Pacers desperate for one. Tonight at Game Bridge. The Hornets are one of the Pistons' two wins this season, so there is that. To <laughs> seven and seventeen, is that right? Something like that. Seven and eighteen. Uh, let's see here. Oh, the yeah, Hornets seven and, seven and eighteen. That's good for thirteenth in the Eastern Conference. All right, a couple football items. Uh, news coming out last night. C.J. Stroud looks like with that concussion, going to be out a second straight week. And obviously, we've been so that's talking the about Browns, it. right? Uh, Case it, Keenum facing yeah, the Browns. It, it is, and I know we're going to get into this later in the show. I kind of feel like you just want Cleveland to take care of business, whether C.J. Stroud was in or not, right? I mean, that's the way I view it. Yeah, just, if the Cleveland, yeah, yeah, yeah. keep winning. Yeah, Cleveland's Cleveland, a game up on yeah, you and has a head-to-head. And, and benches, Isaiah McKenzie, Tony Brown, three games. We talked about that. Tom Allen set to make 1.5 mil his first year there as D.C. at Penn State, then 1.6 and 1.7 if he's there by year three. And four-star Center Grove quarterback Tyler Cherry, uh, you know, going. He was a Duke guy. Mike Elko, loved Mike Elko. He went to A&M. Cherry decommitted from Duke and committed last night to Indiana. 
Indiana. You know, got to love National Signing Days today. Again, it's lost a little bit of its luster with the transfer portal, but, you know, all this chatter about, hey, look at the top 10 recruits. They're all going to 10 different schools. That's NIL. Uh, let's look at the top five hmm. in the team rankings here, Andy Sweeney. Okay? Yeah, yeah, let me guess. Georgia, uh, Alabama. Georgia, yeah. Ohio State, Alabama, Florida State, and Texas. Uh, that screams fat getting fatter. Well, you know, the other thing, I tell you what's crazy, and I don't know how it's going to shake out today. USC had that great class last year, and dude, a lot of guys. I saw their uh, big have quarterback de- have, just have decommitted. Transfer portal, I mean, right? linemen, wide receivers, that big tight end, a five star. You know, the, everyone that gets a high four star or a five star. So when someone leaves, it's easy for the headline to say, you know, five star. I think it was Malachi Nelson was the quarterback. I believe it's just interesting. If you told me. Lincoln Riley was really going to try everything to get an NFL job. I would not be shocked by USC being exposed, no uh, no defense, really people questioning his offensive philosophy, how he builds a team, and they have just had a litany of guys enter the portal over the last couple weeks. But Dion in Colorado, you see where they were ranked? Uh, I I have not. Now, they've hit the portal rather hard, but I don't know how that's... second in the high school rankings. Yeah, but don't you have to combine high school now with sure, portal? That's I, how I feel, I mean, at least. 60 seconds lower than Indiana. Oh, no, that's Indiana still not... Indiana, the coaching change. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I did not expect it to be that low. Again, Purdue uh, seems like a nice class, 32nd. That's got to be one of the higher Purdue has been in a while there. Ahead of Illinois, Maryland, Minnesota, Rutgers, Iowa, Michigan State, Notre Dame checks in at 9 all right, on the other side, last night in Bloomington, how do you view it? Do you view the 20-4 to run and Anthony Walker playing as well as he did, or do you view it as, boy, this is now becoming way too common of an occurrence here in Mike Woodson's third season? We'll chat more about that. Bob Kravitz. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Joins us at 9. I appreciate Stephen Holder joining us last segment. You miss any of that? Bob Kravitz coming up at 9 o'clock. BobKravitz.com. Again, any of the conversations we have, check out the podcast center, 1075thefan.com. Download the app. Take us anywhere in the world. Uh, so the app, absolutely free. It's great. Use it every single day. You can stream us wherever you may go this holiday season. Uh, KBIU basketball. I, I, I have to take umbrage with one thing. Can I take Umbridge just for a second, yeah, and uh-huh. I know he's he's not on here to uh, to protect himself. But and this was before the big time one point win over Morehead State last night by the Hoosiers. My man Mike DeCourse, he does it every Tuesday. He releases his bracket for Fox and the Sporting News. Uh-huh. He had IU as a twelve seed. What? <laughs> Say it Mike, again. Uh, had, How many teams were in this tournament? I, that, I don't know. That he was picking? He's already expanded the tournament. He's ahead of the expansion, and so I might have to shoot Did Mike DeCourcy on the resume. I might have to shoot him a message and say, Mike, what were you thinking? He had him in as a twelve seed. Uh, nobody else that I have seen has had Indiana anywhere near. And this was the NCAA the field. tournament. Just to clarify, uh, th- this is the NCAA. Uh-huh. We will do it. Kick some ass. We will do an NIT bracket at Too some point. Cameo? For Coach Mike Woodson here. Ooh, how much is he? Is he like three hundred bucks? Didn't Something we look like it up? that. Didn't we look oh, it up, I'm sure Mark? we did. 
I'll, I'll see if it's been an updated. I didn't think price. it was that crazy of a price. I thought we looked up Miller Cop and he was like three fifty, and Mike Woodson was much more reasonable than that. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I do. I do love you get a money back guarantee. I'm looking at Cameo oh, no, right now, nice like Christmas season touch to it. Yeah, like how do you like? Oh, it's only a buck thirty. Yeah, hundred thirty dollars. Hundred thirty dollars for Woodson. Yeah. For Mike Woodson. And I would assume that's on kind of the, I don't know, for someone of his notoriety, it's probably a little bit on the on the lower scale. On the lower, on the lower scale, yeah. yeah. Um, now, JMV was talking how he was going to you know get a uh, a cameo for one of his kids, and I forget even like the, the, the show that it was, but it was like $500. <laughs> I think he I mean, stopped that pretty quick. Sorry, sorry, honey, you're not going to get a $500 cameo. As he coached Steve Spurrier is two twenty nine. dollars uh, Andy's guy, Scott Satterfield, 75 bucks. Oh, God. Scott Satterfield, what do we do? Steve Spurrier, that's epic. That should be much higher. $75. should be 500 a minimum. $75. I, I'm just on the sports section. Jeff Saturday's on Cameo. Guess how much his is? $63. How appropriate. Oh, Jeff. Nice I like touch that. There. I do like that. What Cameo was, if I'm not mistaken, that was during COVID that became very popular, right? Am I wrong? Like, I feel like... I feel like in Cameo, that was something that was talked about around oh, COVID. The, I don't the know. Smokey Robinson, Happy Hanukkah oh. thing. Yeah. <laughs> that does sound right. That does sound right. Uh, let me ask you this as it pertains to Indiana. Like, Mike Woodson is a favorite son. What is at stake with Indiana basketball? Like, Archie had bad years. They couldn't shoot. Archie on the sideline, ridiculousness, sweating everywhere. It's like people are done with Archie. They moved on from Archie. But when you when you when you do business with family and friends, that's what Mike Woodson is. It's different. Louisville's dealing with that with Kenny Payne. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, they got in bed here with family and right. friends. No, I think it's a great point. And, and so now you, Mike Woodson is is beloved, and he should be right. beloved. If, if Quinn Buckner doesn't have as much say as he does, Mike Woodson's yeah. probably not the head coach. But, but this team is is pretty generic outside of a couple players. And what I go back to is I am struggling on – how are they going to get better? They're not going to be a deep team. They're not going to be a, a, a good shooting team. They're not going to shoot free throws well. They're not going to shoot threes well. We know that. I mean, they're going to be three, four, fifteen. You know, five of sixteen on three pointers. We know because they don't have a lot of dominant players, especially a guard. That some nights guys are going to have good nights, and other nights they're not. Anthony Walker, Trey Galloway. You know, Gabe Cups is playing up over thirty minutes, and Gabe Cups can't score. I mean, he's a fine. You know, he handles the ball well. He can get you into the offense, but he can't score. I'm just, if you're an Indiana fan, it feels like you're resigned to this. I'm trying to feel like if I wanted to be positive and say they're going to get better and they're going to be fine in the Big Ten and they can be an NCAA tournament team, then I look and I say, even if they are a 12 seed, so what? You know, yeah, I, just, I, I'm struggling. I need some help, I, I guess. I mean, just to answer the question, and really, I don't want to entertain it much more than that because I don't think that's the storyline I leave last night with. It would be, do you get good and healthy Xavier Johnson somehow? Do you get the final, what was that, the final month of the 21 or 22 season? They all run together at this point. When he was an all-Big Ten type guard right. and was a huge catalyst in you, beating Mich- coming back to beat Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. I guess that's it. Like, that's where, that's it. That, that's where I'd fall. Um, but as far as last night is concerned, again, I will go back to what we talked about to open up the show, Andy. Uh, IU has played five teams you'd label as mid-majors. Five cupcake teams, you know, however you want to call or describe them. And the five of them... It's gone like this. 
Florida Gulf Coast without its best player. You're down six to them deep into the second half. Uh, Army. Army was picked to finish where in college basketball this season? Or Army's record is what? I think you said it earlier. Uh, uh, are they two the two? Nine? I think they're two and I think they're two and nine, and then Wright, t- Wright State's five and six this season. You are, Louisville's terrible, obviously. You're tied with Army with three minutes to go. Yeah. Wright State, you gave up 82. Um, Harvard is beating you at halftime. Last night, Moorhead State has a 15-point lead with eight minutes to go. Like I, I Harvard is their best win. I, I, I'm literally... <laughs> By far. Like, driving home with Reg, I'm thinking to myself, how embarrassing that, like, that there's this part of me that's like, wait, should I be praising Indiana University for ending the game on a 24-4 run against Moorhead State in year three of Mike Woodson's rebuild win? Again, in modern-day college basketball, executing a rebuild is much, much easier, manageable, however you want to describe it than it was previously of you have some, you know, it was pretty clear. I would say right around January, early February, that Jalen Huchifino was gone. And so at that point, your portal interest, albeit you don't even know who all is in the portal at that point, but that should be the antenna going up saying, all right, we need to go out and find a guard in the portal. We we need to make sure that we have, help. I mean, Xavier Johnson's come back from a serious foot injury. You need to make sure that you find something and and they don't. And they're so reliant right now on Gabe Cups and Trey Galloway playing 38, 39 minutes a night. Uh, you'd like to see more from C.J. Gunn. Um, so I, I just think it's so pathetic that in year three, this is where it's at uh, with, again, your schedule so far right now. These cupcakes, oh, It's been Andy, weak. Yeah, it's I mean, been all weak. of them have had deep in the second halves of moments where they have had leads. They've flirted with disaster with you. Um, and I go back to the fundamental aspect of just shooting the basketball. And this goes back to the Archie days. And I just cannot believe that last night it's 57% from the foul line. I mean, in the state of Indiana, the state university, the element of shooting the basketball, the fundamental nature of that, whatever, beef it up, balance eyes, elbow, follow through, (laughs) that Indiana continues to be as inept as it is at that skill. Uh, And last night, Moore had stayed early on in that game. They pounded you on the offensive glass. I mean, that's supposed to be, okay, if you're going to play all this size, that is supposed to be where your strength lies. Um, and Moorhead State, for as nice of a record as they have had, Andy, when they've played quality... Oh, they lose by 30 points. They get run out of yeah. the gym. I mean, yeah. Alabama beats them by 32. Purdue beats them by 30. Penn State, I mean, where's Penn State this season? They beat the Moorhead State by 23. And here's Indiana, and Don Fisher's voice inflection late in the game... He's got to act like, you know, this is whatever, coming back to beat a Big Ten opponent uh, because that's where Indiana is at right now. That's kind of the resigned nature to where they are at in that um, they're going to enter Big Ten play, and unless they get quality win after quality win, uh, they are going to be well outside of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, I, I think the thing that we, the only thing that we might miss, and you went to it, so let me go back to it, would be I think both of us feel like Xavier Johnson is a good player. But I also feel like, you know, we view this like Indiana fans that if he comes back, that doesn't mean that everything is good to go. There can be some nuance, right? It's well, not I mean, black they were or white. Bad with him well, early this well, season, of, co- of course. Yeah, I of mean, course. Again, I mean, they had close is, games with him, right? He, he's just the definition of volatile. I mean, he's he's Lance Stevenson. There right. is great Lance. There is bad Lance, and. Uh, you never know. <laughs> the, well, the, <laughs> really, only, that ball's the, tip, o- the way you're going to get. Yeah, the only I, I would say the thing that Xavier Johnson is going to help with, you would imagine, you would hope, is he can kind of go get his own 
and well, not that, a lot of other guys to, can. Yeah, yes, that, and you don't have to play cups and thirty-two minutes a game, you know, Galloway. Or, or Galloway thirty-eight. And Galloway played great defense down the stretch. I'll give him credit on that with the offense he played against Kansas, the defense in the final nine or ten minutes. What's the kid's name? Morehead State who went nuts. Uh, Lathan. Lathan. I yeah. mean, Lathan didn't do anything the last eight nine minutes of that game. I thought he was injured watching that game. I'm like, you know, I had the four the four screens up, but I was primarily watching uh, Indiana. I'm like, wait a minute, is Lathan Lathan has scored. He's been stuck on like 28 points for like five minutes now. What's going on? I would say as well, besides the Xavier Johnson stuff, you know, if if he doesn't come back or if Johnson's not playing well, the problem you have as well is the Kansas game. Think about this. In the Kansas game, they wore down. Well, if they are going to need to win a couple of these big games, then you can't wear down, but you're going to wear down if, if Galloway and Cubs are playing massive m- minutes, and even if you throw Xavier Johnson. And the thing that would bother me the most about Indiana is you mentioned Hood Shafino. I would be bothered that you recruit, and, and Hood Shafino was, was, was great last year, and he's a first-round draft pick, and you don't capitalize on that at all. Well, and also, that's how I view it. Well, obviously, throwing Trace last year too. I mean, one of the best players but, this program. But has I almost seen feel like they did that a little bit with the front court. You know, where was a big five star kid? Renew is solid, and Baco was a five star. So I almost feel like like their front line they lost those guys, but they were able to recoup those guys. They lost Hood Shafino, a first round guard who was great last year, and they and they didn't bring in anyone close to a Hood Shafino. That's right, my I, problem. I guess what I was saying is. You are recouping, but the play on the floor would not indicate well, that. Well, I, I mean, yeah, those guys aren't as good as TJ. I mean, again, we are I mean, there's no doubt about every that. Every single cupcake mid major team you've played. I mean, go around. No. I mean, look at every. I mean, hell, Notre Dame. Every cupcake they've played this year, uh, they actually, you know, whatever. Western Michigan. I'm trying to think of a team like Notre Dame comfortably put away. Indiana hasn't put away any of these teams in a comfortable manner, and you know. The bright lights of Assembly Hall should give you 10 points every game. I mean, these been major teams should be just peeing down their legs. The fact that they're playing in front of 17,000 inside that building and that where, you know, year three of a rebuild uh, or not even a rebuild to be totally fair. I mean, it, more of a retool. This is where you're at. Yeah, that's just so embarrassing. Yeah, I need to go through it, but like the Florida Gulf Coast game, which was game number one. So again, you can say, well, I mean, it's the Florida first Gulf game. Florida Gulf Coast is missing it was, their best player. It was a four. It was a four point game with a minute to go. I'm, I'm look, you know, I'm going I mean, down. I'm looking at Florida Army. Gulf Coast is up six with ten to go. Army's tied with you with three to go. Yeah, Wright State scores eighty on you. Harvard's got a lead at half. Morehead State's up fifteen with eight to go last night. And I'm not even getting into Louisville. Louisville probably qualifies into those same teams as well. Oh, they Louisville absolutely had you do. On the ropes. Yeah. So that to me is you don't even have one or two of these non second half critical moments against these mid major teams. Uh, to me, there's no other word to use than just a very embarrassing start to this third season. Um, now you are two and zero in the Big Ten. If you want some silver lining, and we'll see if you know you can right the ship after Christmas, or I guess starting with North Alabama. Tomorrow night, this one here from uh, Salisbury, he points out, and I, I think he means this in all seriousness, with Indiana 2-0 in the Big Ten, Mike DeCourcy has them as the automatic qualifier. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> I saw him on there. I go, wait a minute, Indiana? Is this cats? not Indiana State? Are they the it's automatic Indiana. qualifier? 
uh, they will not end up being the automatic qualifier. We sure as hell know Indiana's not going to win the Big Ten tournament. I know what they're not going to do. Bob Kravitz in 10 minutes. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Bob Kravitz will join us coming up in about five minutes. BobKravitz.com will talk with him everything. Uh, Pacers, Colts, IU, College Hoops, and much more. Uh, KB, uh, Colts playoff scenarios. I know you've been writing about that the last, what, three weeks, I would say, on 1075thefan.com. I got my cheat cheat sheet here uh, I've created for me for the next couple weeks. Uh, Go ahead, break it down for us because there there is a chance... This Texans game is going to mean more than the other two games combined for the Colts, which is crazy to think about. They lose to the Falcons on Sunday, but yet they come back and beat the Raiders and the Texans. 94% chance to make the playoffs. 94% chance. If a loss happens on Sunday and they win the last two. Now, why? Okay, those are two AFC wins. That's important for a conference tiebreaker. That would be the Raiders. That would be the Texans. And then obviously we've gone over Houston um, as meaningful as that game is. Now, um, we'll probably dive a little bit deeper into this tomorrow, Andy, because I want to go over really all of the scenarios down the stretch of, okay, what would the percentages be? But to your point, nothing matters more than that Houston game. Again, Atlanta's got some impact. The Raiders got a little bit more impact, but nothing matters more than that Houston game in Week 18. Um, if Houston beats you, a lot of people have asked me, why would they get in? You know, explain the tiebreakers. Okay, you split head-to-head. If Houston is able to beat Tennessee coming up here, uh, they play them, I think, next week, they will have had uh, the division tiebreaker against you because they'll have the better division record uh, under that circumstance. And if they lose to Tennessee, but have the same record as you at the end of the year and beat you in Week 18, they right now have the tiebreaker based off strength of victory. <laughs> I knew that's where you are going to go, yeah. Strength of victory so, needs to be something you need to pay attention I to know if you're a Colts fan. a lot of this fan. is confusing, and it's all in written form on our website, 107.5 The Fan. But just to kind of reiterate what Week 18 would mean, you could lose on Sunday, come back and beat the Raiders and beat the Texans, and this is obviously pending other results, but still have a 94% chance. If you beat the Falcons on Sunday, lose to the Raiders next week, and then beat the Texans in Week 18, you got an 87% chance to make the playoffs. But if you were to go, you know, win here, win next week of the Raiders, and lose the Texans, now you're back to a coin flip. So that's why this Houston game carries so much weight. A 2-1 and one finish to the end of the season has so much impact. And really, when you look at Houston, they've got Cleveland this week. There is some impact there if Cleveland beats them, but not as much as you would think. Right. I, I know. that. That's what I keep going back to is, Again, well, Houston's, I mean, this week they're not going to have C.J. Stroud and the Browns are a better team. Like, I think you want the Browns. Right. No, you do. But because, you know, if Houston loses this week and next week, then that would really play into your favor. So, again, we'll, we'll dive deeper into this probably tomorrow. 
um, into some playoff scenarios, look ahead to Week 16, what games matter. It's, it's a different schedule this weekend with Christmas coming up. You've got a couple of Saturday games that really have a lot of Colts impact. Uh, and then you've got three games on Monday for Christmas Day. On the other side, Bob Kravitz will throw a variety of things Bob's way next. Yeah, reminder, coming up tonight, 6.30, Pacers coverage against Charlotte Star Wars Night. I'm sure the Bowen household going to be <laughs> going to be jacked It'll up be for that. Costume. Uh, the Pacers definitely uh, need to put on the costume they had earlier on in the season uh, and win some games. We'll talk about that and much more. Bob Kravitz joining us here in the 9 o'clock hour on the Payless Liquors Hotline, BobKravitz.com, the website. Bob, good morning. Happy holidays. How are you? Same to you, gentlemen. Same to you. Well, thank you for joining us here uh, early this morning uh, just to clean up the IU basketball discussion and then we'll move on to the Colts and Pacers. Exactly. Uh, one point winners last night. It doesn't feel too much like a win and they have just uh, I just don't think they're very good, Bob. I guess you can take it from there. I just think they're uh, kind of a generic team. They look like an NIT team and it's year three with Mike Woodson and that ain't good. What do you make of the Hoosiers so far? Well, I- I'm not ready to bury them just yet. I want to see what they do with Xavier Johnson. You know, uh, I just think, you know, Gabe Cups is a nice little player, but he's a freshman. Uh, Galloway, I think, gets lost when he's got to handle the ball a lot. Um, you know, I remember, was it two years ago when they first made the NCAA tournament, uh, the play-in game, um, Xavier came in and saved the day. So I want to give him that opportunity again, but you're right. Um, and I, I really want to thank my wife for making me watch The Voice last night and not watch, <laughs> not watch. Yeah, I was, well, I, I was following the game on my on my phone. And I was like, holy crap, they're down by 15 points or whatever it was. And uh, I went upstairs and watched the end of it. I was like, my God, they're going to lose to Moorhead State. I just didn't think there would be a game. So I, I was like, yeah, fine. Watch your stupid voice. <laughs> Wait, wait, yeah, wait, Kelly Clarkson turning her chair around better than you know IU fans wanting to throw their respective chairs that they were probably exactly, sitting in. Exactly, exactly. It was a fina- it was a finale last night. I, I just oh, googled it. Big time. It Bob. was the Voice finale, season twenty four. Husband. Well, that's that's why she put the heavy pressure on me, and I have no I have no power. None, especially in my own home. Understand. We're all raising our hands in unison with that. Uh, Bob Kravitz with us here. I guess while while we're on the Indiana front, Bob, it is National Signing Day for college football. Uh, Kurt Signetti has certainly taken the mic and made a lot of noise with his words. Do you think there's a lot of substance behind those words? Yeah, so far, um, you know, look, he's bringing in a lot of kids that he had at JMU. Now, now, will that um, will 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 that uh, work at IU in the Big Ten? I don't know. I mean, can a good prospect for JMU um, make it at this level? I don't know. But the fact that he kept Donovan McCauley, I think, was really uh, really a good sign. So it, it's hard to tell as. Signetti himself has said, I don't believe in, in, in uh, stars, you know, a number of stars next to a kid's name. So we'll see. But um, certainly off to what appears um, from a distance to be a good start. 
Bob Kravitz with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Pacers back in action tonight, and boy, we've been the term we've been used is slump buster. That's what they need. Four straight losses. If you go back to you know from the Lakers game, really all they've done is beat the lowly Pistons by eight points. Uh, Carlisle came on with us, and even in a couple different press availabilities, has really kind of hinted, "Hey, I might yeah. change some things up." Where do you what do you make of where the Pacers are now? Losers of four straight and. I kind of feel like even if it's change for change's sake, we need to see something, starting lineup, something a little bit different tonight, don't we? Well, I, I think we're either going to see Benedict Matherin back in the starting lineup for Buddy Heald or or Neesmith, uh, maybe for Bruce Brown. I think I think we're going to see a change. He may, I was at practice yesterday, and he brought it up again yesterday that you know if he's got to make some changes in the lineup, he's going to. Um, they just got to have more of a defensive disposition, and that means Neesmith uh, playing. Um, you know, I, I, Buddy Heald right now is – if he can't make his threes, what's he good for? You know, and I love the guy. He's one of my favorite players who's ever come through here. But uh, when he's not knocking down his threes at, at a high rate, uh, he, he's, he's useless. And so um, – I would not surprise me to see uh, Matherin back in the starting lineup, and I, I think it's time. I, I think Benedict is playing good, uh, good basketball, and Buddy's struggling. And uh, I'd like I'd like to see just in general because I think I think Buddy will be gone by the trade deadline. I think it's time to start and throw your your weight in with uh, with Benedict Matherin. Uh, Bob, you know, when you think back to the start of the year, I feel like the Pacers over-under was like 40-some wins, kind of right around there is where Vegas had them pegged. Right now, if you extrapolate out their numbers, it'd be 42 wins. Like, is there an element of we're just kind of overreacting to the recent run of play and Waters found its level for a little bit? Or do you look at it and say, no, this is the time where the schedule is easy, you haven't had the big injury yet, you've had, you know, a lot of missed opportunities to take advantage of that, and that's going to come back to haunt you? Well, I, I do think that that trip really, really messed them up. I mean, as great as it was for the organization and for the players individually, uh, that was a lot of time on the road. That was, what, 12, 12 days, uh, a number of games, uh, some really bad travel situations uh, uh, involved there where they get in the day of the game. So I, I think you can overreact at the same time you know, they lost all those winnable games early in the season to, uh, at home to Portland and, and Chicago and Charlotte. And so I, I think they are what they are, which is a 42-45 to 45 win team. I don't think they are what they showed uh, in the tournament, but they're not quite as bad as what they're showing now. Uh, I, I wouldn't panic. Would, would I make a change in the lineup? Yes. I would definitely make a change in the lineup whether that's uh, Matherin or, uh, you know, or, or Neesmith. But uh, I, I think this is essentially who they are. I picked them to win 44. So that's, they're, they're, they're pretty much uh, en route to, to where most, I think most people expected them to be. He is Bob Kravitz. Again, BobKravitz.com, where you can find his work. He's with us here on the Payless Lickers Hotline. Bob, I can't recall uh, really any time I have seen a Colts team suspend two players in season no. for three games uh, without pay. I mean, that is just – that, that headline was kind of jarring to see 
What do you make of it? What do you make of anything of seven suspensions for the franchise since the end of June? Well, I mean, some of them were were, uh, uh, league suspensions, so you obviously have no uh, control over that. But I like the accountability piece. Um, I don't know what these guys did. It had to be really, really bad because we we just don't see this. Uh, I, I was talking with uh, or I was t- texting with Holder. I, maybe I tweeted him. Who knows? Anyway, uh, he, he, I don't. I cannot remember a team suspension like this, especially at this length. I mean, three games. It's the rest of the rest of the football season, uh, the regular season, anyway. Um, so something really heinous must have gone on. Um, I have absolutely no idea what, what may have precipitated this, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I think, I think Shane Steichen has, has laid down the law with this team. I think, uh, the decision to let Shaq go was another sign to the whole team, that accountability is going to, there's going to be accountability with this group. And uh, so I have, I have no problem with it. That said, I have no idea what they're being suspended for. Bob Kravitz with us here on the Fannies on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, before we look at the game in Atlanta on Sunday, I'm sure you have seen a lot of those Colts and Steelers games over the years, had not beat the Steelers since 2008. What did you make? You're sitting there watching that game, and Shane Steichen runs the ball down their throat 14 straight times, and the Colts score 30 unanswered points for the win on Saturday. Yeah, best performance of the year by a lot. Um you know, and and I I think we're, you know, look, uh, Gardner Minshew is not Anthony Richardson, but you know what? He's pretty damn good. He's pretty damn good. I mean, right? I, I looked up last night to see where he was in quarterback rating. He's fourteenth. He's fourteenth. He's not that bad. I, I think he could be a reasonably decent, useful starter on a lot of teams, especially this year where guys are getting hurt. I mean, he's the best backup in the league. And it was a master stroke for, um, for Ballard to go out and get him. Uh, he's a guy that I've been wanting to go get now for three years. Uh, I've been screaming and yelling about it. He's just, he is a quality starter. And, you know, even when he plays poorly, he'll make that one play at the end of a game. I don't remember if it was the, maybe it was the game in Germany where he hits downs late in the game on the diving catch. Even when he plays badly, he'll make that one winning play to get you over to hump. And so I, I, I've just been really impressed by the whole team, been really impressed by, by Steichen, who I think is one of three or, three or four guys up for coach of the year, along with Stefanski and D'Amico Ryans and maybe Dan Campbell. Um, and I've been really impressed with Gardner Minshew because he's given them everything they could possibly want and more. Yeah, that third down play he made to Pittman when they were down 13 nothing on Saturday, rolling to his right, telling Pittman to right. kind of go go long a little. That was such a critical play at a moment where, boy, if you kick it away and Pittsburgh scores again, you know, who, who knows? Over. Yeah, who knows how that game unfolds. Again, Bob Kravitz with us, bobkravitz.com. I guess aside from Minshew, and I don't really know if Minshew maybe falls into that category, Bob, what has surprised you surprised you the most about this Colts team? Either side of the ball, a player, a unit, uh, that as we sit here, eight and six, and in playoff position, that you you know, didn't think would necessarily be there at this level this season. 
pass rush. Uh, if uh, again, uh, you know, when the season began, I thought, where are they going to get the pass rush? I mean, Quiddy Pay started to show some signs. Uh, Odengbo started to show some signs, but I really didn't know where they would get the pass rush from on a regular basis, especially since Gus Bradley is not big on blitzing. And you got to get there with your front four. And the fact that they sit here today, I think they're second in the league in sacks, uh, and they, and they lead the league in in uh, 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 turnover differential. That that's surprising to me. That's really surprising to me. But Odengbo has been great. Samson Abacom has been great. Uh, Quiddy's been really good. I mean, the, the list goes on. So that that's the biggest surprise for me. Bob Kravitz with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, I wanted to ask you, now I'm having complete brain freeze here. I had one more Colts question that I wanted to ask you, but I can't. Oh, here it is. If they, you know, they had three games left. So if this happens, Bob, and they make the playoffs, okay? And, you know, I, I think they will right now. And they make the playoffs from what we thought preseason, you know, even during the season, Bob, they were three and five. And then if they end up in the postseason, Will this Colts team remind you of another team, whether it be a college basketball, college football, or a pro team in this area that we didn't, you know, we kind of oh, left boy. for dead? And boy, here they are in the postseason. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but that will be one of the narratives. You'll write that column in three weeks if they end up making the postseason. Yeah. So, well, it's good that I've got three weeks to think about it. <laughs> you too, KB. I mean, that is going to be the narrative. I mean, I thought you thought, Bob, they'd win, what, three, four games? I had them at five. I, I, I thought they would win three or four games. Yeah, yeah I'm still getting crap for that. Are you kidding me? Uh, and well-deserved. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, trying to think. You know, we knew the Butler teams would be pretty good. We didn't know they'd be great uh, back in 2010, 2011. Um, you know, Pacers have rarely really overachieved. You know, they've usually just sort of achieved to their level. Um, well, I, you know, I, I got to think about that one. So have me on again. Yeah. I mean, that's going this, to be the narrative, this like though. Those, this is like one of those Jake Query questions. You're like, oh, God, he's going to make me think. <laughs> Spike that hot <laughs> chocolate tonight, Bob, and see what you can come up with on that. I'll end. do that. I'll do that. Yeah, exactly. Twist your arm there. Uh, all right, last one here for Bob Kravitz. Again, BobKravitz.com, where you can find his latest. Uh, I guess we're saving the best for last, and that's the number one team in the land, the Purdue Boilermakers. To me, whether it was in Maui or Saturday at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, I've seen them win in a variety of ways, and I think that should be encouraging to Purdue fans moving forward and not just, in my opinion, a bit of the lazy narrative of who cares what they do right now. The only thing that matters is March. Where do you fall on what you've seen from Purdue here in the non-conference? They're going to win the national championship. They're going to win the national championship. They're the best team in the league or in the country. Uh, I think think Lance Jones gives them something – they haven't had before. They've got a little more athleticism. Uh, I think Braden Smith has turned into one of the best guards in the country. Um, you know, whether he's a pro down the road, I don't know. Uh, but um, I, I believe, I, I just believe it's time. I think this is going to be the same scenario as was the case a couple of years ago with Virginia, where they lose to the 16th seed and come back and win the next year. I, I just, I think it is written. Gosh, and a boy, I, I think Brain Smith's an All-American, Bob. 
I do too. I, I don't know if I he's first too. team or what, but you, you can't tell me there's that many guards better than him. His ability to quarterback at all, score when they need to, hit big shots, facilitate, just run the show. I just feel like they're in full control when the ball is in his hands. Absolutely. And, the, the you know, the, the things that scare me about teams they might face in the first – I mean, you just know – that they're going to face some um, smallish, athletic, no-name team in the first round that's going to scare the hell out of them, and they're going to handle it. I, I really believe – I just think – I just believe it's time for them to, to take that next step. And I, I, think, I think that once they get past the first or second round, it's going to be, it's going to be easy, easy going. Yeah, they haven't had a chance like breathe in the tournament and, and kind of get no, the monkey well, off their and, back. And you know what the wild thing to think about all this is, Bob, you bring up Virginia and them coming back and winning the NCAA tournament that next year. They were down 14 points to Gardner-Webb in the opening yeah. round of the tournament no, that next no year. Can you imagine? I mean, <laughs> just picture yourself as a Purdue fan over at Gamebridge Fieldhouse coming up in mid to late March, and all of a sudden – they're the one seed, and insert your 16 seed here, and they've got a 14-point lead on you at some point. Like, I don't wish that upon my worst enemy. Oh, it's got to be awful. But, you know, I, I think once they get past that first game, whoever it's against, you know, maybe Moorhead State, maybe they'll come back. <laughs> uh, once, once they get past that first game, I, I, just, I just feel like they're going to go on one of these massive roles and just blow people away, kind of the way Connecticut did uh, one year ago. National title prediction from Bob Kravitz with the Boilermakers. I think there's a lot of merit. The same guy who said the Colts would win three games. (laughs) Well, Purdue fans don't want to hear that. Indiana fans do want to hear that. Yeah, um, that's true. Bob, uh, happy holidays, man. Again, spike that hot cocoa, if you will, and uh, appreciate the time as always. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Bob Kravitz right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Got a question for you. For you guys, what would be the, you know, so he he watched The Voice last night with the wife. Yeah, we're a so, voice watchers. In okay, our so that's what I was going to say. What would be the show that you would A, watch together, but B, I, I'm surprised Bob's wife wants to watch TV with him. Like, my wife... <laughs> doesn't care if she's watching TV with what me. A shot of Bob Kravitz. Or, or well, I mean, no, it's maybe a, Bob's he's got a great musical. No, that's taste. what I'm saying. He's, chime in. he's got a he's got a great healthy marriage. Like my wife goes in the other room and isn't like, hey, hey, come in here and uh, honey, I really want to watch you know the finale of whatever show. Do you guys you guys understand what I'm saying? Do you guys have a show like that Andy where the wife would laying say, on the couch right now? I think we're doing couples <laughs> therapy. I I, I find I don't know. Maybe this is a soft side of me, but I I find it enjoyable when like you know I'm watching a Notre Dame game and Maddie feels emotionally invested into the Notre Dame game. I'm saying I like it. So I think it doesn't happen in the Sweeney household is what I'm saying. I think the flip of that is, you know, I don't know, whatever's Maddie's watching Bachelor in Paradise or the Kardashians (laughs) and, you know, I'm yelling about Tristan Thompson. Yeah, my wife, Ashley, I discovered, like, while I'm, like, sleeping and stuff at night, she's watching, like, Real Housewives and all that. I'm like, oh, that's yeah. fine. Watch that. The only reality show we watch together that, yeah, it's it's done now, but F-Boy Island. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Polizzi yeah. was on that. Yeah. yeah. Our boy Benedict Polizzi. The legend. Pulling for him. So, yeah, we watched the first three seasons of that, and, uh, yeah, that's where the reality TV stops in the Dyketon House. And is that where we stop explaining what F-Boy Island oh, stands my, for? Oh, my daughter's, like... <laughs> I was like, he's really a nice guy in my four-year-old fun, time. He's an right? yeah, F boy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, have had, I have had Sundays where I've been a broken man. 
<laughs> and my wife has no idea why I'm a broken man or that I am a broken man. That is, uh, I'm living a different world. That's what it is. That's why we have three TV rooms in the house, basically. <laughs> Thank you to Bob Kravitz. Thank you to Stephen Holder. You know, you think back to, and again, I, I know we don't live in the market, but, you know, I think enough people here, whatever, they, you know, Kyle Guy fans and. If you remember that Virginia run, oh, you know, I remember they it. lose to UMBC, and then the next year they come back and win the title. I mean, Andy, imagine they get the one seed, and they are down sixteen, or excuse me, fourteen points to Gardner Webb. I mean, what is Tony Bennett thinking at that point? And can you imagine like Virginia message boards? Well, okay, so let me go back. Let me let me peel back the curtain a little bit. Uh, I did a radio show, and my for, uh, one of my former co-hosts, KB was a huge Virginia fan and, and like an obnoxious Virginia fan. And so when they lost to the 16 seed, um, you know, fans of Kentucky and other schools just crushed this guy. And he used to give it right back to him. So I view Virginia differently than a lot of people. I have respect for what Tony Bennett's done. But I also view Virginia a little bit differently through the eyes of knowing someone who is a super fan. And I remember we're like, you know, because that game was late at night when they lost to a 16 seed. It was like yeah, a 9 30 game. game. Uh-huh. It was the final yeah. game. Oh, I remember. And I was I rem- at Lockerbie <laughs> Pub. RIP to the Lockerbie Pub. Well, I, I remember a bunch of us were like, do we do we go to this guy's house and do an impromptu postgame show? Oh, Did a 16? Because everyone was giving it to you. him. People brought in uh people brought in their dogs, weren't they? The Retrievers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. The Retrievers, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, uh, who beat them. But, yeah, even if you remember, they're in their title run, I mean, that that Purdue game was unbelievable. It was probably one of the best games I, I've been oh, to. I mean, it I mean, there, heartbreak. Yeah, but there were also a few plays in that game where, like, the, the officiating went Virginia's way and not Purdue's way. Uh, at the end, there was a double dribble, I believe. It was Kyle Guy or Ty Jerome. I can't remember. It was one of them. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, people in the area used to battle him. Uh, Tyler Hero versus Kyle Guy. <laughs> It's just basically just because they were just two white shooters. I mean, that's that was the only reason. Tyrese Halliburton, AAU teammate, and Tyler Hero is that. is Bob Kravitz is the most positive man in the area about Purdue basketball. Yeah, I, I probably. Mean, I, I think last year I was kind of singing a little bit of the national title tone, and I guess I haven't really thought too much about it in regards to this year, or you know, haven't felt the need maybe to like put my stake in the ground on it. But after watching. Arizona, I guess I've seen Kansas a couple times. Um, I'm trying to think who else is up there in the rankings. I guess I've seen Marquette a few times. I've seen UConn. I see no reason why Purdue wouldn't be. Like, if you literally yeah, said, I'm with you. Here's tier one. Right. And I need you to rank tier one, one to five or one to six, however many teams you put on tier one. I, I would probably put Purdue atop that list. And I think I talked about it yesterday, Andy, but if you look at the four big wins, they all are very different styles. I mean, Edie was in foul trouble for a game in Maui. It was a rock fight against Tennessee. Lawyer shot it awful against Gonzaga. They won the shootout with Marquette. Sunday or, uh, Saturday against Arizona, Tommy Lloyd says, hey, Zach Edie, we're not letting you score like you usually do. Hell, he still had 22. But you're going to have to facilitate a little bit more. All right, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith banging nine threes. And, um, so I do feel like, again, the variety of ways they've beaten these elite teams away from home that to me is a great sign of a team that can get on a roll. Because when you get, I mean, go back to the two Butler runs and how that, those six games evolved for them, or I guess the five wins for each of those runs. I mean, 
you're winning random games on a you know Andrew Smith tipping, mm-hmm. and you know I remember a Murray State game where they had a big steal late in that game where Murray State could have tied or taken the lead. I mean, it's, it's not very the random, smooth sailing right. of you ride your you know lead horse for whatever thirty points and you win every game going away. Uh, so I think that should be encouraging for Purdue fans, and I, and I do think the, the Lance Jones Jones factor is uh is nice as well. You know, I I think if. Purdue, instead of losing so early in the tournament the last few years, if they would have at least got to the second weekend and lost, maybe it would be more of a conversation. But you look at Purdue. And but what I, about the St. Peter's well, year? That was a well, Sweet 16 I, game. I, I, yeah, I know. No, you're right. They beat Yale. They beat Texas. I, I guess I guess if they go a little bit further, do we have more of the conversation that this is the year that they can win it? I feel like people are jaded because they've lost. Oh, that They're not willing question. to say it's the year. But if you go back, I mean, like E.D. versus Hunter Dickinson, right? Uh, you know, if you said those guys canceled each other out, even though Edie is going to win, you know, player of the year has a much better chance to do that than Hunter Dickinson. I mean, I like Kansas. They've already beat Arizona. I, I mean, come on. I just don't think Shaka Smart and Marquette's going to be there at the end. I have not seen Oklahoma. They've already taken care of Tennessee. Rick Barnes doesn't win in March anyway. I, I still, I still like Kentucky. They got one seven footer back. They still need to get another seven-footer back. They're going to lose another guy to eligibility here probably pretty soon. And I think Purdue's a step, way a step ahead of Baylor, North Carolina, Crate, Illinois, FAU. FAU's already got a couple losses. Gonzaga, three losses. Uh, it's it's probably the correct take is this is actually the year for Purdue. But no one's going to give that except for Bob Kravitz. Right? BobKravitz.com. Yeah, Derek points out Uh-oh. here. Purdue had the Virginia Championship team beat, if not, you know, for <sighs> a, an amazing turn of events there. I mean, yeah, you had the missed free throw late by Ron Klein, and then just the freakish play by, who was that little guard's name? He had a million turnovers last year late in the tournament. Uh, Kihei Clark. Kihei Clark. Who'd they lose to? Purple team. Furman? Does that sound right? And oh, Furman goodness. Bang home a three to beat him last year yeah, in the tournament? Yeah, Virginia choked it away. I mean, they had a, they had a lead the at guy. the end. Yeah, they had a lead the at the end. That had just the inexcusable turnover after making one of the headiest plays you'll ever see to Diakite to force it into overtime against Purdue back in the Elite Eight. Next up for Purdue, they've got Jacksonville tomorrow nights before they head off for the Christmas season. Again, Indiana, it's North Alabama for them. So a couple Thursday night games there. Purdue the first game, 6.30. Indiana, 8.30. Big Ten Network for those. Alright, Pop Quiz coming up in a few. 317-239-1070 for that. Before it, Morning Checkdown. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Yeah, let's start there in Bloomington, Indiana. They did win. Boy, it was rough. 69-68. They moved to 8-3 and three on the season. Winners over Moorhead State. Down 11 at the half. Mike Woodson, what did he say at halftime to his team? It wasn't real pretty. I mean, not, you know, based on how we were playing. I mean, we, we were awful. And you got to give them credit because they competed the first half. And, you know, our fans don't come out to see stuff like that. I was very disappointed. And, um, you know, we got it going, you know, late. And like I said, in that seven-minute mark, that's when we really dug in and did what we needed to do. You know, Anthony Walker was outstanding for them. Andy, any concern? Because I would label this guy probably Indiana's best player so far this season. Any concern? Khalil Ware, 8 of 28 in his last three games? 
Yeah, I, I don't know why that would be the case. It's, now, okay, it's not a step fair, up in competition well, the last Kansas, couple. Well, Kansas. yeah, Kansas. You know, Kansas has got the it's got the size and length. But I, I would consider Auburn. I mean, Auburn's he, got a little bit more yeah. length. You know, last night I guess didn't they had a seven footer? But I don't know. You are probably starting to see more like minded size, if you will, like you'll see in the Big Ten uh, versus maybe what you saw with I don't know Army or Wright State or some of those other games. So I don't know. It's something to watch. I think Ware's been really, really good for Indiana and much, much needed, but. Let me, something to keep it on. Here's, here's something that I think feeds into that. They don't have the guard play to make the job easy for these guys. I think it's well said. How, how, many, how many guys, and this is where Xavier Johnson, I'll give uh, Kravitz and everybody else who has said this, I'll give them the leeway on this. I'll give them credit. If Xavier Johnson can get into the lane to where you can get a lob, you can get a quick dish off, more free throws, you can get that dunk here or there. Like if they had a good guard that could get into the lane and the 10 points last night was closer to what, 15 points? And a good guard can get in the lane, probably gets a couple shots up, and maybe get a couple more rebounds. If I gave you 15 and 8 or 9 instead of 10 and 6, you would feel different about it. That would be my only rebuttal. But the last three games, I mean, 2 of 8, 3 of 12, 3 of 8. Butler 74-64 over Georgetown last night, taking care of business over one of the worst teams in the Big East. So 1-0 in conference this season. Uh, big run there to end the first half for Thad Mata's bunch. They were in full control there. The rest of the way. All right, speaking of full control, the Pacers desperately looking to be in somewhat of control tonight. Charlotte Hornets in town. They're banged up. No LaMelo Ball, no Mark Williams. Cody Martin also out for them. Pacers favored by nine and a half. That is a big number, Andy Sweeney, for a team that has lost four straight, really been outclassed in four straight. Bob Kravitz threw out a couple of different scenarios there. Benedict Matherin for Buddy Heald. Aaron Neesmith for Bruce Brown. You sign up for either of those if you're making lineup changes? Uh, I would sign up for both of them. Absolutely. I, so you I would have, go with a I, Halliburton, Matherin, Neesmith, sure. Toppin, Turner that, lineup? That, that's totally fine with me. You can. I mean, if you wanted to put Obi on the bench, if you wanted to put Brown on the bench, if you wanted to put Buddy Isn't on the Bruce bench. is Brown supposedly your best defender? I, I mean, that's fine. Uh, does that <laughs> <laughs> if you take him off the floor, how much is that going to change the historically worst defense you can have in NBA history? Well, I guess that I would be my question. It can't get worse. I think it does get worse. <laughs> Fair enough. So you would keep Brown I, I, in. Well, that would be the guy you would look at. This is where I'm torn on it. I don't think Bruce Brown has lived up to the, I, I, I the contract at all. Total where agreement. Where I'm torn on it, Andy, is, and this gets back into our OG Ananobi Pascal Siakam discussion from last week. To me, every roster move you make in the immediacy and the next whatever, X amount of months, Defense has got to be the first thought. It's why I like the, the Jairus Walker draft pick. Because, again, you needed to improve on that end of the floor. So when I think about those sorts of decisions, okay, Neesmith in the lineup, that makes sense. But at the expense of Bruce Brown? Again, I, not to say he's been this great defender, but hasn't he been? Oh, he, isn't he thought of or whatever? I mean, he's a better let's say this, He's a better defender right now than Buddy Hill and Benedict Matherin. Right, right. So that's where I am torn on it. I will be curious to see how Rick Carlisle goes about things tonight. Again, sounds like good news on Miles Turner being back. Maybe even Jalen Smith. So we will keep an eye on that. Back-to-back at Memphis last night. John Morant made his debut on the season. A game winner, 34 points. Looked like normal John Morant. So I would assume the Pacers are going to have their hands full 
uh, tomorrow night in Memphis. It's too bad you couldn't get the Grizzlies like a week ago, four days ago. You're going to get them with John Morant. Uh, Some football stuff. We've obviously been talking about it. Colts suspensions. uh, Tony Brown, Isaiah McKenzie, three games a lot on that. Check out the podcast, 1075thefan.com. The Colts did work out. Wide receiver Jarvis Landry. C.J. Stroud expected to be out again Sunday. The Texans and Browns on Sunday. A big one to watch here in Indy. Tom Allen set to make in year number one. De- uh, defensive coordinator now at Penn State, 1.5 mil. The next year, 1.6. Year number three, he would make 1.7. And four-star quarterback center Grove product Tyler Cherry picked Indiana last night. He was previously committed to Duke and Mike Elko. You got any good signing day stories from uh, your I history? Do. Ooh, Mark? I want to hear Mark's. Well, well, I see, I see one. I, I meant more, more topical ones that just happened for your Dame Fighting Irish. Oh. Kennedy Erlacher. Ah, yes. Oh, nice. There the you son go. of Brian, of course. Uh-huh. Safety, right? Yes. Yes. And they are out in, I want to say, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Brian Erlacher's oh, Across I mean, the country. We wow. are starting to get to the age where it's like Brian Erlacher. It's like, how old are we? Brian well, Erlacher's kids old yeah. enough to go well, to Notre Dame? Chad Pennington's son is in college playing <laughs> playing, playing quarterback. Well, well I'm Ch- even older than you, so I'm feeling it Chad all the Pennington time. Pennington just quarter I swear he was quarterbacking against Joe Flacco I, three years I'm ago. I'm older than Shane Steichen. <laughs> he's gonna win coach of the year. You gotta be close. What's Shane? 38? I think he's I, I'm 39. Yeah, I thought he was 37, 38. Is he not? I remember the Michael Bush recruitment in Louisville being oh, a big sure. deal, right? That was a big deal. Yes, it was. Elite running back. Yes, it was. Well, he was a quarterback. He was a quarterback in high school. In and then and then it was like, hey, big boy, you know, you're going to go be a running back. He had a number of places. Notre Dame was on his list, obviously. So I think I stumped Greg Rakestraw last night, all right? Did you? Okay, give me the question. There were not many moments that I did on the car ride up and back, but, you know, we start driving, and like I said earlier in the show, every single exit, it's a different anecdote from Rake on, you know, that that town, the size of the town, the gym in that town, their basketball history, hell, their superintendent. I mean, everything. Rake's just got it covered, and I'm loving it, and I'm just listening and listening and listening. So we get a little northern in the state, and we brought up Northwood. And for those unfamiliar, Northwood High School played in the 4A state title against uh, East Central uh, this past year. Northwood has got a kid going to Georgia. I assume they've stuck with their... Commitments, but a kid going to Georgia and a kid going to Michigan. I thought to myself, when is the last time the state of Indiana in football has had either a singular high school or honestly, I can't recall, Andy, a year when the entire state has produced two kids going to top five programs, let alone one high school. And okay. this high school is a 4A size school, right? not in Indy, not in Fort Wayne. Right. I wouldn't even call them a South Bend suburb. It's amazing to me. And I know we're nerding out, and that's what Greg Gregshaw and I did for five hours there and back. But that, to me, on National Signing Day, is astonishing that the state of Indiana and one high school is producing currently a kid going to Georgia and Michigan. So he he didn't know then. He I, was stumped. So he's going to be on on Friday at 8 o'clock. Uh, I'm guessing he has done a little bit of research, and he will have something for your question. That's going to be my guess. I I would agree with that, uh, and honestly, it, it kind of turned from the a singular high school to just like when has the state? I mean, there's been kids that have obviously gone to Ohio State, right, from the state, but um, I don't know. Georgia just sounds different, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it does. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're the college <laughs> football playoff committee, right? they could lose one game by three points and drop from number one all the way to number six. But uh, that would be the case. I mean, now you always get the 
You always get the where the mom is, is angry. Remember the mom whose son went to Alabama and she was wearing all Florida gear? Oh, you always get we something. We need more of those. Uh, my, my thing is... Do you like the hat? I'm wearing I, this I, one, then I, I'm putting the other one on? I love it. I know old school people don't. I love when there's a hat. I love when there's a gimmick. The problem you have now is that I just feel like everyone knows where everyone's going to go. So if you're dialed in on Twitter, you know that a flip is going to happen and everything else. Kentucky had a kid that Michigan State was in on and somebody else, and I'm blanking. His name was Keontae Goodwin, and he got up there and he was on a throne, KB. And he oh. was going to make, uh, he was at one of these all-star games and he was going to make his decision and he got up on the throne and he's like, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> and so for the next 24 hours, all these assistant coaches were flying in to meet him and, and trying to get a last second meeting and everything else. And he's no longer playing college football. That's a pause two years on ago. Me. I like to take my talents to insert university here. Thank you, Corey Elliott, for this one. Yeah, Patrick Sertan and Asante Samuels' kids. That was the first getting oh, old yeah. moment yeah. for him. Yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame's going after Jerome Bettis' kid in next year's class. Is as he, well. I ask because I don't know. Is he a running back or is he uh, play he's a different a position? Out. Notre okay. Dame just got Ryan Clark's kid. I saw that. Trans- I mean, like, it, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, all right, pop quiz next. All right. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 317-239-1070. I, I just peeped at a couple questions. Have you looked at this yet, KB, the pop uh, quiz today? I'm scanning it right now. Okay. Okay. I I, I, I kind of feel is, like there's a couple in here that, that someone can get right. This is 0 for 5. <laughs> Scotty being the Grinch, you're saying? Uh, five days maybe before Christmas? Maybe one. I, I'll set the over under at one and a half. Yeah, we'll usually help out the guy a little bit where he'll get one. Then or it's gal, up to him or gal. Or gal. We, 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 yeah, well, I'm looking at her. I'm looking at her callers right oh, now. It's okay. all men. Yeah, all right, it's all males. Yeah, I hate to tell you. I don't know. Christmas you know. season. I was hoping for something a little different here. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, with that, I think again, I think it's impossible. I guess Scotty's learning from his mistakes of last week. Uh, give me a number, Andy Sweeney. Uh, we have two more shows after this uh, for the week. Let's go with caller number two, if that's okay two, with you, Mark. Uh, Pete. Pete, good hey, morning. What's happening? Hey, what's happening, guys? Hey, Pete, what's happening with you, man? Just getting ready to head to the golf course. Well, oh, Pete, tell us more. What? I mean, where are you in this state? Yeah, well, um, I play. I end up playing at uh, Eagle Creek, and I have a cart cover and a cart heater, so we play all winter. <laughs> Pete, See, I'm looking at it right now. I'm I seeing 31 it. degrees. God love bless it. you, Pete. I guess the sun is going to be out today. Nice. You go in Sycamore Pines, Pete. Uh, we're going to play Sycamore, and yes, I hate climbing up number 15 hill. 
Oh, that's brutal. See, I mean, hell, you could run the hills of Sycamore, Pete, and that would be the, you know, like you're running the Boston Marathon. We've got no windows. It could be 80 degrees outside, and we'd have no idea. <laughs> uh, Pete, that is awesome. Good for you, man. I love that. Right you on. ever got a hole-in-one? No, I've been close. Plenty of eagles, but no hole-in-one. God, I'm still hoping for that. One would you day. rather run up the hill of number 1, 15, or 5 at Sycamore? <laughs> Pete, you alive? Turn that radio down, Pete. Um, I hate one. I hate one. Yeah, I hate one, too. Yeah. Five is pretty easy, and uh, 15 sucks. <laughs> I want to play well golf put. with Pete. I want to play golf with Pete. Pete, that's awesome. Hit him well today. Stay warm. I'm jealous of you. Thank you for calling in. Good luck on one of the more difficult pop quizzes I've seen. All right, let's get you an oil change, Pete. Let's go. Uh, question number one. Which NBA team is still undefeated at home this season? Who is still undefeated at home this season? Is it the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, the Celtics, the Orlando Magic? I'm going to go with the Orlando Magic. Pete, are you on social media by chance? I am not. Uh, I was hoping for a picture of the golf cart. Uh, All right, number two here. The Colts head to Atlanta to face the Falcons on Sunday. When the NFL went to four to – by the way, what did he say for number one? Uh, He said the Magic. Okay. All right, number two here. When the NFL went to four divisions in 1967, up until the NFL-AFL merger in 1970, the Colts and Falcons were in the same division. What was the name of that division? Was it the Capital Division, the Century Division, the Central Division, or the Coastal Division? Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, Uh, Pete, tell me about it. (laughs) I'm going to go with... uh, Central division. All right, question number three. Pro so far, football. this is trash. Yeah, Pro Football Hall of Fame wide receiver Bob Hayes was born on this day in 1942. Hayes, who spent uh, 10 of his 11 seasons in the NFL with the Cowboys, was a two-sport star. What other sport did he excel in? Was it baseball, track and field, basketball, lacrosse? Track, track and field. Sounds like Pete's putting the cover on the cart right now. I think now. he is, yeah. Um, Got to stay warm here. All right, Pete, number four. Pete, what's harder, Sycamore or Pines? Um, Sycamore is harder. Pines is longer. I'd rather be Sycamore. Yeah, I, I, I think all that checks. I'm nodding my head at all that. IU hosts North Alabama tomorrow night. Scotty, what's North Alabama's nickname? He has no idea. Which conference is wow. North Alabama a member of? Is it the Atlantic Sun, the Big South, the Coastal Athletic or the Sun Belt? Oh, my goodness. We'll go with Sun Belt. I only knew this because I followed Bellarmine a little bit over the last couple years. They're the Lions. The North Alabama Lions. Why did I think they were the Ospreys? Dude, I have no idea. Is that <laughs> I, got not nothing right? for, I got nothing for you. Is that North Florida, maybe? If, if Scotty doesn't know, I'm not going to know. Last Row one. number five at Peter. Happy 62nd birthday to Gal Gilbert, who spent eight years in the NFL as a backup quarterback. Gilbert holds a unique spot in NFL history as he's the only player to be on teams that reached the Super Bowl in five consecutive seasons. Four of those Super Bowls, of course, were with the Buffalo Bills. Name the other team that Gilbert was a member of to reach the Super Bowl. Was it the 49ers, the Chargers, the Redskins, or the Denver Broncos? 
Probably, I'm going to go with the Redskins. Pete, if you could play any golf course in the label of Central Indiana, what would it be? Um, My favorite golf course would probably be um, Chestnut Hills. I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, it's a it's a private club on the north side in Westfield. But Ooh, uh, wow. other than that, I would say I would say the fort or, um, yeah, probably uh, or Prairie View. Probably. Tell me more about Chestnut Hills, private Westfield. Where is this? Uh, it's um, I, it's it's up by uh, Grand Park. Chatham Hills. Chatham Hills, excuse me. Chestnut Hills uh, is in Fort Wayne. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chatham Hills. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it. I was like, geez, man, Pete's got some secret courses here. He's traveling around Central Indiana. You, you were actually offended. You were hurt. You, well, like you I didn't, was, you didn't know what he was talking about. I like, felt dumb. Yeah, well, I felt dumb, and uh, I appreciate Pete for clarifying that. Uh, the pop quiz went exactly how I thought. Uh, just one, right? Yeah, Bob, just Bob one. Hayes was yeah. it. Yeah, track and field. Scotty, what are you doing here? Celtics are undefeated at home. The Coastal Division for the Colts, Falcons, Rams, 49ers. North Alabama's in the Atlantic Sun. And Gail Gilbert for the Chargers. Chargers. Unbelievable. You know, I remember from the Super Bowl, the Chargers. Uh, Berman, Chris Berman, they got off the plane. They Wherever they landed, wherever that Super Bowls was. I do remember that. They spelled it without an R. <laughs> Welcome, Chargers, without the R. Probably not a good sign there. <laughs> not a good sign. Natron Means and Company. Natron Means, what a name there. All right, we'll do it one final time here. Wake up call. Fruit, five-star kid at one point. People thought Georgia, Missouri has all of a sudden got some recruiting mm, momentum here okay. lately. Some people thought there with you know nice NIL backing. I guess officially, which I guess unofficially is probably the better way to say it, he's committed to Texas, okay? Okay. All of a sudden, the last 24 hours, Missouri's making a late run. It's a St. Louis kid, and that's a big deal that Missouri gets kids right. from St. Louis sure. for them, for people who don't know. Nebraska's yeah. re-entered the mix. They just got a five-star quarterback, and there's a picture of the, you know, the quarterback in the whiteout floating around on Twitter here. So this is the update from recruiting analyst Adam Gorney, National Recruiting Director for Rivals and Yahoo Sports. Breaking news, Ryan Wingo is still apparently sleeping, so don't expect any final announcement one way or another anytime soon. <laughs> you know what? He should be sleeping. He doesn't have any school. It's not even 10 a.m. I got no problem with Central that. Central time zone, 8.56. Uh, yeah. Exactly. That Central was time. minutes ago now, so that's what, 8 a.m. I mean, these are the updates you get. The kid is still sleeping. <laughs> well, who's giving that information the to mom him? Mom is not yeah. woken the kid up. Honey, the pancakes aren't ready yet. <laughs> Sources say the kid is still napping. <laughs> People want to know where you're going. Are is you going to bro- Missouri? Little Texas. brothers on, like, the source there on that one. He's still sleeping, actually played Xbox till midnight. It's Literally. a great point. Is is The family has to be the plug there, right? Need They're giving the info. Well, we we hope it's the family. We hope well, it's no one else staked fair out point. saying the lights are still off in this room. Some, you never know. It yeah. is recruiting. No. You never know. It is recruiting. Thank you to Bob Kravitz. Thank you to Stephen Holder. Again, Pacers back in action tonight, 7 o'clock with the Hornets. Heavy favorite there. Everybody have a great Wednesday. Thanks for spending with us. It is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. 93.5107.5, The Fan. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.